0: What up? You probably saw him on Last Chance U seasons three and four, I believe, on Netflix, where he led Independence to a
1: championship. They have to do a podcast. It's a Coach JB show with the fabulous Sarah Blake. I ain't no math major, but I'm a hustler. I'm going to give it to you raw and uncut. That's Coach JB. Sarah Cheek, mother of four and an OnlyFans content creator. I want to give an unfiltered, be real, true
0: evaluation of different
1: different things and, and really like share magic, in my opinions as well. You fucking slap dicks. You fucking slap dicks. Down the brass tass, crash
2: my ass, what's deep in this trash? Titties, all in, all gas, no breaks. I love sports. That's just a part of
1: who I am. She's got sports blood in her, so she's on the cover of FHM Magazine. And the coach on J.D. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? The Real Coach JB here for the Coach JB Show. Got an action-packed show today. Former NFL quarterback Sean King joins us. Former NFL quarterback Sean Salisbury joins us. Betting extraordinaire Brandon Lane joins us. And it is all happening today on this fearless motherfucking Friday right here on the Coach JB Show. Even the dick riding haters are in the house. So anytime uh, you got cats coming in the chat 30 minutes early trying to internet bang on you, you know you're doing something right. We got I Dig Music in the house. He's a dick riding motherfucker that just juggles nuts in his motherfucking mouth all day long. Who's a bitch boy? He can come see me any day, motherfucker. I'll send you my address, homeboy. Don't ever get it fucking twisted, bitch boy. Any motherfucking time you wanna come see me, homeboy. You it's I ain't hard to find at all. Best believe, bitch boy. So you wanna come on in here anytime, homeboy? Anytime. You fucking bitch. Anytime you wanna get this, I'm right here. You forgot, motherfucker. I ain't no actor, homeboy. Don't get don't let Netflix fuck you up. Don't let Netflix get you fucking twisted, homeboy. Best believe it. Internet motherfucking fake bitch. That's what it's about. This the real deal. Coach JB right motherfucking here, right in the flesh, live in the flesh. Taking on all Dick Riders. We are here to get it. All the smoke right here. Coach JB, let's get it cracking today. We got it live and popping on this Fearless Friday. Stay fearless. We got it cracking right here. We take on all Dick Riders, bottom feeders, and all that shit. So make sure you join in. Um, Become a member. I, I, I dig music, and I'll send it to you. Nothing's for free, motherfucker. Don't get it twisted. Nothing is for free. So come on in. But you're going to join. You're going to pay to come see me, bitch boy, just like all my bitches pay. (laughs) Make sure you recognize that. Let's get it cracking. Hey, it's betonline.ag is the motherfucking sponsor for this show. Head on over to betonline.ag. Use the promo code BLEAV. 5-0 5-0 and go make, make sure you are betting on all the games today weekends college games nfl weekend plus all you got is ba- is, a, is a major league baseball in full swing playoffs october is right around the corner so come on in check it out join and uh, become a member today on youtube make sure you hit the like button today subscribe and even if you want to be a dick writer join in be a dick writer that's what it is. I love all Dick Riders. Remember, haters are our biggest fans. Make sure you realize it and accept that shit. Um, I dig music. He can't afford $2 a month because he, he, YouTube don't take EBT. <laughs> EBT, they don't accept that on YouTube. So that's the first problem we got. So we got Dick Riders in here that can't afford it. So they just want to come in and troll and be free, live live free to everybody. They just want to hand out because they're a bunch of bitch-made motherfuckers. Um, make sure you go on over to CanadaDipsCBD.com, get you some Canada Dips, and uh, make sure you come on over. I dig music. Get the fuck out of here, you fucking troll bitch-made. You're a fucking dick writer. Get out of my face. I wish I could see you anytime. I bet you sucked my dick already in person and you bought my book and had me sign it. And then you had me sign your bitch's titty. And then you were like going home and you sucked a titty, wishing it was my dick. (laughs) That's the dick riders I deal with. But anyway, um, we got an action pad show today. Let me get you the quote of the day. Uh, I love haters, man. I really do. It doesn't even matter. This is what the quote of the day is. Life is a game. You must play like someone hit your mother with a two by four. That is the motherfucking truth. Life is a game. You must play it like a motherfucker hit your mama with a two by four. Make sure you realize that shit because this is a game. You got to learn how to play it. My man Steve Mack behind the scenes on the, in the show, he'll 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 tell me even better than that that I gotta play the game cause all you dick writers get me going. But I love it. I love it, but I do have to play the game better. We'll get there. That's why we're gonna go members only soon. And uh, then I won't have to deal with you fucks. But in the meantime, I like you fucks coming in here because it gets the game, it gets the blood flowing, it gets the game going. And uh We got a lot to discuss here. Two legendary former NFL quarterbacks. We're going to talk quarterback play. Sean King disputed my video that went viral regarding uh, Kyler Murray. So he is going to come on and we're going to argue about why I am right and why he thinks he is right. So we're going to get into that. And we're going to get into all things real. And uh, Sean Salisbury is going to come on too. He's as unfiltered as it gets. He used to be on ESPN. He's been on everything. He's got his own show. And then, of course, Scared Money Don't Make Money. Brandon Lang's going to wrap this show up and pick all things college and NFL weekend picks. So we got every single aspect covered. Come on over to YouTube, TikTokers. If you're in TikTok, come to YouTube. We got an action patch uh, show today. We're going to talk some football with two NFL quarterbacks right here live on YouTube along with Brandon Lang wrapping up all things betting. And, uh, we're going to get after it, man. This is a, uh, uh, this is a great end to a great week. Even though we got banned for a day, we got it back. I appreciate all the people involved in that. So we didn't have to sit out a week. Uh, we got a, we got a, uh, we got on for a, we got on after a day. Got my Instagram back. We are full effect. This is a great day to have a great fucking day. Make sure you head on over to bet online, promo code COACHJB, all caps. Get you some Canada get you bet on and uh go to coachjbstore.com. get you some gear i just got a new t-shirt in the mail fresh gear coach jb show we got everything on there plus i'll sign a bottle of whiskey a book a poster you name it we got it short fat skinny and tall we got it all and uh much love to everybody in the house uh i don't know what joe accord what are you talking about um Yes, sir. We got a lot of we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, I said it yesterday. I said it yesterday that it's it's deeper than uh than than that. You know what I mean? The uh, the Odoko story, the Boston Celtics head football or basketball coach. Man, uh, I said yesterday, there's way more to it because you ain't suspending a motherfucker a year and not disclose it because this is much more than a business situation and it's much deeper than a personal situation. This whole situation is fucked up. I knew it was. I knew it was going to have, uh, I knew there was going to be a much deeper situation intact here. This whole Boston Celtics thing is so fucked up. I, I said it yesterday right here on the show. Um, I knew, I knew for a fact that there's some shit to this one. But you know what? Nobody's coming out talking about how Nia Long is affected. Nobody said anything about Nia Long. Nobody has said anything about all the females affected in the workplace. And nobody else has talked about the females being hoes too. Let's keep it real. So we don't know the situation. But this, apparently it is consensual. Two adults or five adults or 20 adults. We don't know. But there's, it's all is consensual. And I watched a press conference and Brad Stevens, when he dropped bullshit, he actually said bullshit the word. On ESPN Live, I was like, damn, he is about, he also was starting to cry. If you didn't watch the the episode of ESPN this morning with with Brad Stevens on there, you have to go watch it. Brad Stevens dropped bullshit on there on how it was leaked. So he is very, very pissed on how this thing was leaked. And he's about to tear up and cry um, because of how it was leaked. So something went down in Boston Celtics land. I don't know what, but it, if I was the players, I'd be livid because we just went to a championship. We got a team returning. We can be as good or better. And now our head coach, who we used to revere, because he used to demand greatness and they listen. He getting after your ass in there. Now what respect have you really have left? What respect do you have really? You don't have no respect left in that locker room, dog. Your respect is gone. And man, what a what a what a what a bad situation there in Boston. But you know what, dog? We life's about choices, man, and cats cannot get out of their own way. I don't understand how cats just can't get out of their own way. Like you're the head basketball coach of an NBA franchise, an historical NBA franchise at that. And you can't get out your own way. You go do some dumb stuff to just absolutely just crush. Not only, here's the problem is, it's selfish at its best. That's what we have. We have selfish, selfish, selfish individuals, man. And that is bottom line. Um, Thursday night football game on Amazon Prime is an absolute joke. It is an absolute joke. Uh, I think that it needs to just be uh, eliminated. Uh, why can't we have it on both channels? I, I I just don't know why we can't be on both channels. Why we can't watch it on Fox or something else. And, and, and you know what? I love the haters. I love the haters that come on TikTok, Twitter, IG. Coach JB, it's your internet. You got Walmart internet. You got, like, shut the fuck up. And it came out, 72% of all Amazon Prime Thursday night football viewers have a problem. But it's only JB. What does JB know? It's my Walmart internet, remember? 72% of all Amazon Prime viewers on a Thursday night football have a situation or an issue. I love when the clowns come out. I love it. Oh, JB, it's your internet. But 72% of the country or the world has an issue watching Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime. But it's JB's Internet only. <laughs> uh, oh, man, it's unbelievable. Uh, it's so bad on Amazon Prime. And the announcing is bad. Al Michaels, who I revere, I think he's the best of all time. He absolutely looks disinterested, uninterested, uh, tapped out. Like he does not want to be in there. I don't know if it's me or if it's you. Uh, to me, it's bad. And I got I got Wi-Fi up the wazoo. I got connectors. I got extenders. I got the best Wi-Fi. My backyard's good, great on Wi-Fi. I'm in my jacuzzi, have no problems, and that's hundred feet from my back door and hundred feet from my internet. So that's not an issue. I don't want to hear it. I can watch anything all day long on anything and in my house, and I have perfect internet. So all of a sudden, Amazon Prime Thursday night game, I got Walmart internet. (laughs) It's unbelievable. The announcing is horrible. Tony Gonzalez is wearing full-on snow gear in 65-degree weather in Cleveland, acting like it's fucking snowing in December. I was like, what are we doing, Amazon? But what do I know? I'm just here at my house, man. I can't get a gig. You know what I mean? They can't handle this real talk. They can't handle this real talk banter. Everybody on uh, TikTok, come on over to YouTube, man. We're giving away some shit today. Uh, we're gonna be doing some giveaways. We got three or two ex NFL quarterbacks coming on, and we're gonna we're gonna break down all things. My breakdown of Kyler Murray, my talk about last night. We're going to talk about NFL quarterbacks as a to- in totality. We're going to talk about the college football landscape. This weekend's games with Brandon Lang, we'll pick, he'll pick his, his winners. You guys have a hell of a situation here today on this Fearless Friday with me, yours truly, Coach JB, taking on all haters too. Don't wait, wait till I get some yak in me and, bla- and blaze up a stick. Uh, we're going to get real active in here. I want all the action. CoachJBStore.com. Go over there right now. Get you some gear. Uh, We got the hoodies, the gear. We got all the new T-shirts. We got the hats. We got all that shit. Short, fast, skinny, and tall. Go on over there now. CoachJBStore.com. Check it out. Um, Great show, store today. We got a lot in store today. We're gonna get after it. We're gonna break down a lot of things. I'll talk quarterback. Um, But before that, we're in this uh, four-play segment of the show. All right, we're in this four-play segment foreplay get it cracking right here everybody likes foreplay we're in this foreplay situation the browns handled the steelers on thursday night football in a horrible amazon prime situation last night 29 17 uh the browns go to two and one on the year drop the steelers to one and two uh, the browns trailed 14 13 at halftime i took the steelers to cover to four and a half i thought i was still in the mix but you know you know, we're able to take control. The Browns were in the second half thanks to the scoring, um, basically their first two opening drives. Nick Chubb and Amari Cooper were pretty impressive. I'm not an Amari Cooper guy. I told you I thought they would run the football. Chubb had 23 for 113 and a touchdown. And also, I think he had five, he was averaging five yards a carry. So that's hard to do in the NFL. You can average five yards a carry in the NFL, you're going to be pretty successful. So, Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt, they manage the line of scrimmage up front. I told you Cleveland's O-line is as good as it gets. Uh, I believe them and the Eagles are right there. I thought Indianapolis was in there until they've looked absolutely horrible. Um, Kareem Hunt had 12 for 50. Cooper had seven catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown on 11 targets. Uh, but I still want to see more. On the season, um, I believe he's at 19 catches for about 250 yards and, th- and three touchdowns. He needs to have already over 500 yards, and he needs to have at least five touchdowns. So, that's my opinion. Jacoby Brissett was 21-31 for two hundred and twenty-two touchdowns, no picks. I thought he was drilling the football. I thought he looked good. I thought he was accurate for the most part. Uh, but that's not sustainable football in the NFL. I don't believe you can ask your quarterback in the NFL to, to throw it 31 times and only have 220 yards. I just don't think you can do it. Uh... I don't think they're that good. I don't think they're the Ravens when, um, you know, Ray Lewis-led defense of Ravens, who dominated the line of scrimmage, dominated all games, and Trent Dilfer was the quarterback throwing the ball 20 times a game max. I don't think you can do that anymore in this day and age. Offenses are too good with the tempo, the RPO. You got Josh Allen, Mahomes, uh, Herbert. You got all these big-time quarterbacks out there who score points. I don't think you can do that. Uh, throwing the football 30 times with a Brissette who's not good enough to make elite throw after throw. That's my opinion. Um, On the other side, Trubisky was 20 of 32 for 200 yards. And, uh, you know, didn't look bad, man. You know, if the kid Johnson... Fucking uses two hands and catches the football with two hands, then we're not talking about this today because contrary to belief, Mitchell Trubisky actually made great plays last night. He threw the football on time and he took shot after shot. And we have this Deontay Johnson character who can't put two hands on the football to Appreciate the fact that this motherfucker is underneath immense pressure by Miles Garrett all night and getting hit, dropping dimes, and you can't catch the fucking football, which is your sole job. Your sole job in this game is to protect and catch the football. But we can't even catch the football and give our guy effort. Like, come on, dog, you gotta be shitting me. It was lackluster. If you watch Deontay Johnson all night long, it looks like he did not want to be there. He was disinterested. He was fucking disinterested. He was lazy. I would have yanked his fucking bitch ass off that field so fast, dog. And I would have been playing that rookie instead of his ass. And uh, that is the real. Najee Harris had the 15 carries for 56 yards and a touchdown. And, uh, although Deontay Johnson had eight catches for 84 yards, he could have had 184 yards and a lot of bigger, a lot of, uh, bigger plays in my opinion. Miles Jack led the way with seven tackles and five assists, uh, for Pittsburgh. Um, Denzel Ward had five tackles and a breakup. I thought the Browns looked competitive for most of the game. I really did. Um. But are they in playoff contention if Deshaun, Micropenis, Des- Watson actually comes back? I don't know. I don't know if that team's good. good enough team with Deshaun Watson, to be honest. I don't think they are. I don't think they're that good. That's just my personal opinion. I don't think the team, I think the team has bought into Brissette. I really do. I think the team has bought into Brissette. And after the game, if you saw some of the conversations, they were hyped on, on Brissett. They're not tripping on Deshaun Watson not being there. Whether you know it or not, NFL players are in the now. NFL players live in the now. And whoever's playing for them now and they're winning two, two and one right now. We live in the now. We don't care about Deshaun Watson and coming back in 12 weeks. What if Brissett's on fire and the Browns are like fucking nine and three? Do you bring Deshaun Watson back to disrupt this roster? I don't. I don't. I, I really don't. Um, that's just me, though. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, in other news, the Ravens signed former Giants defensive lineman Jason Pierre-Paul, former Juco player, uh, by the way, who I had it for a minute out here in Cali, and then he left and uh, ended up playing for my uh, adversary. Uh, Coach Sims played for him at Fort Scott Community College along with Devontae David, Levante Levante David. He played with him. Uh, both of them were there at the same place in Kansas at Fort Scott Community College. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Bills and Chiefs top the NFL power ratings. Uh, who do you think is better? I, I'm going with the Bills right now, but the Chiefs beat them the last two years. So in that regard... You always go with the team that has never been beat. All right, this is like it's like boxing. You got to knock out the champion to be called the champion, and it blows my mind that we are so fast to anoint cats as the next best thing, and, and and yet they have yet to win anything meaningful. The Bills have yet to win anything meaningful. So I don't understand that. Like I don't. I don't get it. Like They haven't won any meaningful game yet. Until they can beat the Chiefs in the AFC title game, if it were me, I'm taking the Chiefs as the best team in the AFC until they are decrowned, or however you want to say it. So the Bills look better so far this year, I do believe. Um, but we're going to see. The Bills play Miami this weekend. We're going to talk all things football uh, with, with, with uh, Brandon Lang later on. Plus, we got two great guests joining us here. One in about 10 minutes, Sean King. Uh, played at Tulane University, where one of my quarterbacks played, uh, Jonathan Banks, after he left Indy. So we have a lot to discuss about that. Um, a Heisman poll released by The Athletic this week, and the top vote-getters in the college football's most prestigious award is C.J. Stroud, USC quarterback Caleb Williams, reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Bryce Young. Last year's National Championship quarterback, Georgia quarterback, Stetson Bennett. And Michael Penix Jr., former Indiana Hoosier, now at Washington, undefeated Washington, I must add, are in the running for the Heisman. So, very, very entertaining. I don't know if you've seen the Herm Edwards deal, um, the latest on Herm Edwards. Uh, This is a deal right here. It seems like Arizona State was ready to move on from Herm Edwards. Apparently, members of the state, of the uh, Arizona State staffers, were leaking information to help expedite the firing of Herm Edwards. Very, very shady operations. Very, very shady. Um, Not shocking. Not shocking. Um, Not shocking at all. Remember something. I'm never surprised at being stabbed in the back. The surprising part is when you turn around and see who's holding the fucking knife. That is the fucking real. When you turn around and see who's holding the knife is the surprising part of this thing. And, you know, that's just something that I truly believe in. I I truly believe in that aspect. Okay. Um, now, I'm I've been blown up all 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 weekend or all all day. Hey coach, is this a real thing? Does this really happen? Does her did Herm Edwards really have this happen? And I go, does it really happen? Are you kidding me? Have you ever heard about the coach on this Netflix show called Last Chance You? <laughs> what do you mean, does it really happen? Yes it happens. I'm fucking living proof that it happens. What do you mean? I, I've been I've been dealing with this for a whole lot. Didn't you hear about one of my coaches stealing my playbook and selling it to the teams in my league? Do you think that was made up? <laughs> it is a generational deal. It is a generational deal. I think it is a generational thing. I think these gen- these young cats, if they get cussed at, they get butt hurt. They get cussed at. They get butt hurt. What do they do? They go running for a way to get out of it. They want to get the guy, the lead, the ringleader out of there. And that's the soft culture we have. No loyalty in the profession at all. I told you guys forever, this is as cold as the dope game. This is the profession it is. They. It is cutthroat, good old boy, who you know, who knows you network. Period. Um. Before Sean King comes on, I want to get into a few other things. The commissioner of California's Pac-12 commissioner, George Killikoff, sent a three-page letter to the University of California Board of Regents, previously stated that they had a power, the power to stop UCLA from leaving the Pac-12. Uh, now the commissioner is pushing for the board to just do that. In the letter, he pointed out multiple factors, including travel time and cost conflicts with the Pac-12 media rights deal. And pointed out that UCLA is neglecting the best interests of its student-athletes for short-term financial gain. So that's something to listen to for. This is going to get di- real, real difficult, in my opinion. Uh, it's going to get very, very difficult. Uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, you know why they don't mention USC, right? Because USC is a Pac-12 t- private institution. So USC can basically do whatever they want. UCLA is a... Cal State University, or what's well, actually a UC State, UC a University in our system, but owned by the state. So, uh, very interesting how that's going to come down. LSU was put on a one-year probation uh, and gave former offensive line coach James Craig, who was also at USC, who I know very well, a three-year show cause. Craig was fired by LSU for cause, infraction uh, made during the COVID-19 dead period, which I said if I was the commissioner, get rid of the dead period, uh, when he met a recruit face-to-face and gave him LSU gear. Uh, Apparently, that is the rule. Now it's an NIL deal. Is that illegal? Is that illegal now? So can he now fight that? See, that's the problem. They're so fucked up in this this whole thing, college football, NIL deal, and this whole thing. Man, we're buying players. Is that really a fucking big deal that we gave them an LSU t-shirt? Give me a break. It's such a mockery, man. Uh, Neil Brown picked up a big win for West Virginia last night, beating Virginia Tech thirty-three to ten. Virginia Tech uh, looked bad, man. They looked bad. Um, no, hey, man. Let me get to right to it. Uh, without further ado, I got to bring my main man in here. Um, Cause I know it's hot as fish grease out here uh, on the West coast right now. So, uh, I'm going to bring in my main man, Sean King, man. He is, I'm going to, I'm going to put all of his, uh, social media on the ticker on the below. So make sure you go follow, uh, Mr. Sean King, man. Sean is a former Tulane quarterback, played in the NFL for a long time. And, uh, I want to get him on here with me, man. Sean, I appreciate you coming on with me, brother.
2: Hey JB, no problem, man. Can you hear me good? Yeah, I hear you. I hear, are you on the phone? yeah i'm on the phone i'm driving i got my show at three so i'm headed in
1: okay hey can you f- turn your phone sideways and then i get you full go yeah that'd be perfect oh yeah yeah yeah. appreciate you uh be you safe out there nothing. dog i know how it is
2: you in the west are you in vegas yeah i'm in vegas man living la vida loca <laughs> that's
1: right hey uh so what are you doing nowadays i know you was coaching a while back
2: what, what you got going now so, uh, when I first stopped playing JB, I went into broadcasting and uh, I was at ESPN and NBC for about eight and a half, nine years. And uh, I was covering the Super Bowl in San Francisco. I get a call from Willie Taggart. Mm. He said, uh, Will you? I was doing some 707 stuff on the side. Uh, and he was like, Will you come help me with my quarterback? And I dipped my toe in coaching, man. Actually, one year I had. Uh, the JUCOs uh, up that little uh, Hutchinson, yeah, Butler, Independence, all yeah, yeah, all of those teams. So, uh, yeah, I enjoy coaching, man. It's uh, so much of it is based on your head coach. You know, if you got a good head coach, it's a fun job. If you don't, man, you, know, you don't know how many days you go to work and really just be happy and smiling. So, got a chance to come to Vegas do my own talk show. Uh, we're on t- TV three to six p.m. Monday through Friday. On the visa network. Uh, it's, we're on YouTube TV. We're on Fubo. We're on Hulu. So the show's going great, man. It's called Prime Time. I'm enjoying it, man. You know, my motto is the truth don't have emotions. It's just the truth. So that's we right. get to tell the truth every day.
1: Man, that's right, man. i Hey, I can't lie, man, because I got to remember too much shit. All right, I ain't going to lie. I got to remember shit. I tell the truth, so I don't got to remember nothing. Uh, I know that's right,
2: and hey, if you, what, tell who the you true, you'll never get caught in a lie. Oh hell yeah, no doubt. Who who's on the show with you? So I have a co-host, a guy named Tim Murray. I call him the Ginger Genius. Six foot five, white guy with red hair. I don't know why God made him six five. Not an athletic bone in his body, uh, but he's great hosting the show with me. Man, hey,
1: that's what it, that's how it is, brother. Shit, I I say, man, I had a lot of players. I'm like, man, shit, you can't be stiff as a porn dick trying to play for me you shit, you to get it figured out. Hey, what up? Uh, I'm,
2: all, what's I'm it, over on so, my tippy-toes at the combine trying to make sure I'm over six feet. <laughs> right? No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> hey, you played at Tulane,
1: man. My my quarterback that was at Independence with me, uh, uh, Jonathan Banks, JB, uh, he was a transfer from K-State. He was a two-year starter there for Willie Fritz, good friend of mine at, at Tulane. They had a decent run, man. He's, he was building that place around. He could see it now. He's kind of got it going. They just beat K-State, and it's a hard sell man with that you know gpa and being private and it's a tough sell there even though they're in a prime location for talent uh it is just so hard to get a get the cream of the crop into Tulane. how back in the day though you guys were very good too man what what has changed in your opinion in this college landscape i know the portal i know the nil we we can go on and on about all that shit it is what it is at this point but let me ask you this If you were the NCAA commissioner, what would you change about this? And uh, if there was just one thing, man, that you could change, if you were the commissioner, which I think the NCAA needs badly, what
2: what would it be? Well, let me put some context on how I think college football evolved. All right? Anything prior to 2015, the word power five wasn't really prominent. So if you were at a two-lane and you had – had a good situation and set up i mean you could really go toe-to-toe with iowa state and kansas state and, and Rutgers and indiana and those kind of schools and then all of a sudden the word power five like became like the the point of, of emphasis you know and all of a sudden all these high school kids you know i want to go to a middling power five school because i get to play ohio state and michigan and get my brains beat in as opposed to coming to a usf or central florida or two lane and really, you know, playing a role and being on a really great team. So now what's happened is the NIL is hit. And it's really had a negative impact on high school recruiting. You know, you see the top echelon kids that are getting, you know, these big paydays, but when you add the transfer portal in, what it did is it gave staffs that can't recruit a crutch. You know, now instead of us looking at at ten wide receivers from you know, middle of Florida and trying to figure out which one can play and which one can't and not doing it based on the rankings. I can go out and get a three year starter from central Michigan that I got college film on and bring him in. And, you know, it's really, really hurt the high school athlete. So what I do, if I was a commissioner, is kind of a twofold thing. First of all, if you transfer, you have to sit a year. I truly believe if you leave, you should have to sit. There should be some kind of punishment Like, I just don't agree with this. You know, I leave when I get mad at the coach and when I'm not playing. And the real reason I'm not playing is I'm not taking my ass to class. (laughs) You know, I'm not practicing with uh, the right level of effort and and attention to detail. And he's trying to create not only a talented player, but a disciplined player because championships are won not on talent, but on discipline. Being able to do the right thing consistently, you know, the majority of the time. Second thing I change is you can't get an NIL until you've been in college for one year. Like, I just don't believe in paying on potential. Like, if you come to a college and you're a stud and you're a reason that those stands are full and they're selling your jerseys in the bookstore, and, hey, I I get it, man. Let that kid capitalize on his name, image, and likeness. But I don't agree with these kids coming in, having done nothing, you know, already being set financially. So that would be my 1A and 1B. Now I – let me ask you this
1: I, I'm, I'm the exact same way with you uh, I think they should have to pay back their NIL if they leave too but let me ask you this uh, what is your argument when these cats out here on Twitter and all these naysayers who, who are gurus who, who, who have yet to produce a resume to show how good they are but in, anyway that's a whole other conversation but what do you say when they say well coaches leave all, every day What is because here's my take and I would love to hear yours Coaches should be able to leave. They're at the point in their career, they've earned the right to go get a better paying job, a better situation for their family, and they have earned the right. They've put in the time, they've bled, sweat, they've cried.
2: These kids have yet
1: to do that. They are enabled right out the gate and expect you to hand them the keys to the car without learning how to drive. The coaches our age have already done it. We've been there. We deserve the shot to go lateral, just as if any profession, if you at Walmart and you leave and you want a job at Costco, it's a better-paying job, you're going to do it. So I think that is how I think. What is your take to where the coaches leave all the time and, and people are saying,
2: well, if kids can't leave, why can coaches leave? Well, here's what I would tell the kids. You know, if you get a, a scholarship offer and you accept it and you can't play one bit, As long as you do the right things from an effort standpoint, attendance standpoint, and behavior standpoint, every college in America is going to honor that scholarship. As a coach, you can go somewhere and your guy can win player of the year. Your head guy can decide to leave, you know, for a better job and decide not to take you. Like, there is no reward necessarily for doing it the right way. So just because that exists, you know, that's why I don't think it's an apples-to-apples conversation.
1: It's not. It's not. I mean, these kids, man, Sean, these kids are in the grocery store telling their mamas what they will and won't eat and it's crazy man like we didn't have that option my dad used to say you either eat that shit or you wear that shit to bed like there ain't no this ain't no uh, debate like this is the problem we don't have no hierarchy anymore I'm talking to all my buddies at D1 the D1 coaches and they're like JB we got kids in in our locker side eyeing us because they know greener pastures which they think are greener can be attained by entering a portal tomorrow. If they don't like how we talk to them, or if they're not starting on the jet chart tomorrow, and it's like it's like we're on walking on slippery slope here, man. We're walking on eggshells. We can't
2: tell kids well, certain things. Well, JP, I got something for you. Uh, I've, I've coordinated. Uh, I've coached quarterbacks, running backs. I, I was the best recruiter, at least according to what rivals said in the AAC. I tell all the kids this, listen, I got a film-based society. Whatever the film says, that's what I go with. I say this is not a democracy where, you know, everybody raises their hand and the, the, the most amount of hands. No, we watch the film. And what you put on film, that's who you are. And if you're my returning player of the year and your film don't look good in the spring and we got somebody just got here is doing it the right way we go play the guy that i think is doing the things the right way that gives us the best chance to win and you know i always tell them the film don't lie like when we get in the meeting room when we get in front of that clicker i don't want to really hear a lot of conversation i, I mean i to hear lie. why and why not man listen do it while we on the grass no doubt I and the sky don't lie. Every day's an interview, brother.
1: You know that. And I know you played you, you play. It. You play it at the highest level. So you already know. Shit, you don't get it done. It's a results-oriented life we live. Business-oriented, man. Whatever the result is, it's what have you done for us lately. And people don't understand that, man. Everybody wants a handout and and it's it's really crazy. Um, let me ask you something, man. I'm curious to get your take. I won't keep you too long. What is your current take on NFL quarterbacks as a whole? I know I did this whole viral video on Tyler. You disagree with it, and, and I, I love I love uh, debating with great folks like yourself because it creates great conversation, and I think disagreement should, should be that. But let me ask you this: I personally think quarterback play in the NFL is as bad as I've ever seen it. Now, let me clarify. I believe it's athletically as good as I've ever seen it. I think the, the freaks of nature are playing in this position. Lamar and Allen and Mahomes and all these freaks of nature. But performance results are as bad as I've seen. Argue with me, man. I, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Just tell me, what, what do you see as a, from top to bottom? Um, because I just see a lot of a lot of backyard football being played by gifted athletes. I don't really see a lot of cats getting out of bad plays into good ones hitting receivers wide open instead we're escaping the pocket we're running around and we don't know what protections are in we don't know what the front is and we don't know where the hots are coming from that's what i see on a daily basis by the majority not all but by the majority uh even though we are as gifted as i've ever seen what 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 do you
2: think well let me let me uh hit on a couple points Uh, i responded to you because i try and educate not you but the people that follow us. And there was somebody out there that needed to hear both sides of that conversation. No doubt. Somebody's trying to figure out how to navigate through and explain it and teach it. And I think when you give people, you know, just those kind of back and forth debates, you know, it gives them a different perspective, you know, because what's happened in the coaching profession is people only want to hire their friends. They don't want to hire somebody that's going to challenge when they're doing things wrong or when maybe they have, not pivoted and evolved with the changing game around them. As it pertains to quarterback players, two things, JB. First things that first thing to happen is the monetization of the process. So all of these guys, this uh, figured out that I can go on YouTube. And if I can master the presentation part of what I'm doing, meaning knowing the algorithms algorithms on social media, like convincing people that I'm a QB, QB guru by splicing Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball sidearm and showing a drill that I've got your son working on every day so he can be Patrick Mahomes, I can monetize this. And they fail to teach fundamentals. Like, wow. I, I told my guys, like, how in the hell can I play you if you can't be perfect in routes on air? <laughs> like, if we can't go out here where nobody's on the field but us and you stand in the pocket with no pressure, be on balance – uh, be accurate with the ball, be able to change uh, delivery angles as far as throwing with touch, throwing with velocity. How in the hell can I put you in a game in 11-on-11? Second thing, nobody knows how to coach a damn quarterback. The coordinators in America have figured out that if I can present a specific style of system, then I can continue to climb the ladder in the profession of football. But what they can't do is inherit a room of quarterbacks that have different skill sets and get all those guys better. Because they have no idea about the psychology of playing a quarterback. They have no idea of how to improve accuracy. All they know how to do is teach a system. They don't know how to teach that guy how to be calm when it's chaos.
1: Man, I, I, I'm with you 100% a lot of people don't understand. You got, you got your homeboys coaching quarterbacks because they're the head coach's boy. They're this 500-pound fat white dude who played O-line or he was a kicker, and now he's coaching our QBs. Like Baltimore Ravens, Sean, good friend of mine, yours as well, probably T. Martin. He's fucking coaching wideouts right now. I believe, why isn't he coaching Lamar Jackson? Why is? Why do they hire a college coach come over from Florida, who I know as well, and he's really a wide out guy. He's coaching Lamar at, at Q. I see it all over the league. I see it in college, and all we want to do is go fast, get in the gun, t- teach nothing about quarterback, center, exchange, under center, We're not teaching any fundamentals as far as dropping, rhythm, any type of cadence. We're not teaching any fundamentals to get better for the NFL. So when they go to the NFL, in my opinion, they're thrown to the wolves. Because in college, we want the best athlete to play the position, get us some wins as the coach. And then you go to the NFL and you figure it out. Well, we're seeing they're struggling mildly, to say the least, because we don't understand protections, what the front is, gap responsibility, coverage rotation. We don't know shit, and now we're in here as a freak of nature running around, but we're like, damn, we can't throw a hitch ball on time. And it's the coaching, and I agree full on. And I think coaching's overrated. I think players win games, coaches lose them. But I also believe you have to grow and mature and teach somebody something before you can ever become a coach. And I think the coaches now are being gifted with the all-time high in the nepotism uh, in this business, as you've seen yourself, and I'm sure has to do with something. One, JB, one let, me,
2: let me give you this, JB. A lot of insecurity within the offensive coordinator culture in America. And what they would rather do is have someone that's been their GA – be in the quarterback room than have a former NFL quarterback that can actually help those kids get better because they think the quarterback, the former NFL player is not teaching it exactly how they know it, not how it should be taught, but how they know it. And I give guys like Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid and Sean Payton so much credit because, and listen, this is just my opinion. A great coordinator does not have a system. What he has is an idea of offensive football, and he tailors his system to his personnel.
1: Yes.
2: Because your personnel changes yearly, and you cannot fit a round uh, ball in a square hole. And what we've seen in college football, and I've been in these rooms, guys only know it one way, and if it's not working, it's the players. It's not, well – Last year we had a pocket quarterback that, you know, was really accurate. uh, and He can throw it all over the field. This year we got a really super talented kid, but he's a raw passer, but he can do other things that can help us win games. They don't know how to integrate that new skill set and evolve and adapt their system, and that's where the issue lies. No question. Everybody can't can't get on the board and, and coach offensive football as a freshman, sophomore in college. And everybody that can get on the board and coach offensive football as a freshman in sophomore college can't actually play the quarterback position. <laughs> no
1: question, man. No really, words have been spoken. I'm telling you right now. That's why I knew it would be great conversation, man. We have too many uh, cats out here, man, throwing these babies to the to the wolves. I, you know, as I know, man, you were in this profession as a, as a brother as well in this damn good old
2: boy network. It's, hey, J.B. Yeah. J.B., Hey, JB, let me give you an example. I'm not going to say names because I'm not on here to say names. I'm just on here to enlighten people. Uh, We had a change of the guard at uh, USF. And uh, our quarterback was the reigning AAC Conference Offensive Player of the Year. That new staff came in. We're in an offensive staff meeting. After the spring season ended, the new coordinator said, I don't think this kid is good enough. We're talking about the reigning conference offensive player of the year now.
1: He's not good enough in his system all of a sudden.
2: Right. And they just got fired for not being good enough. Sean. It's the most amazing thing I've ever heard in my life.
1: Man, this is a meat market. The babies, unfortunately, the babies are the pieces of meat in the market. You know that. I know that. Even us coaches are pieces of meat in this market. If you're not part of that fraternity – you might as well get you get screwed over and just say accept it because we know this is as cold as the dope game, this profession.
2: And I, hey, I, hey, hey, J.B., how about this? Uh, and I'm going to use this example because I think he's a great guy. Tom Allen in Indiana. Yeah, yeah. So they, they get Michael Penix from uh, Tampa out of high school. He had two hats on the table, South Florida and Indiana. Yeah. Chose so Indiana, you know, him and his parents saying, we want to play against Michigan, Ohio State. Okay, I get it. Kalen DeBoer. I think is really good with quarterbacks and really good as a coordinator. Michael Penix looked like a first-round draft pick. All of a sudden, Kalen DeBoer leaves, and Michael Penix looked like he shouldn't even be playing FBS football. Now he transfers to Washington, where Kalen DeBoer at, and look at Michael Penix all of a sudden. balling Heisman. I'm just telling you, it's only a few guys in this country that know how to handle quarterbacks.
1: No question. I agree 100%. And, and this is the thing about it, man. It's all who you know and who knows you business, as you know. And South Florida now has hit rock bottom again. They're struggling with this new staff. And it's funny to me how it's a recyclable business, man. And we're firing guys to leave. Like they fired Willie Taggart at Florida State and paid him $17 million to leave. And then he goes to FAU. And you fire on at Auburn, $21 million to leave. And then they hire him at UCF. Like, it is a recyclable business. It's the same cats going around and around, and only three cats win. Saban, Smart, and Davo Sweeney. Like, who else is winning, and why are we getting so much money? Like, Mel Tucker gets $9 million. They get their ass beat by Washington, who won one game last year. Is college football watered down Because of the portal, the NIL, and all the fuckery, basically, that's going on in there. I think college football is watered down. I think besides maybe Georgia and Alabama, anybody can be beat any week. It's proven this year. Appalachian State beating A&M. Marshall beating Notre Dame. It's happening on a weekly basis. Do you think it's really worth having 12 playoff teams coming up?
2: Well, I think they're going to monetize it. I mean, they finally, I think, have a plan from a TV standpoint. Uh, the only reason that I like expanding it is because it lets a uh, non-Power 5 team have a chance. And I, I said last year that I hated that Cincinnati was the first one to get there. I just didn't think they were dynamic enough on offense to beat the big boys. But I'm telling you, uh, that UCF team with Mackenzie Milton before the injury, when you have a guy like that at quarterback that can make you right when everything around you is wrong, you beat an Auburn beat those guys when you step up, but I'll say this about the three schools that you said. Well, let me say it about two of them. People get this idea that Alabama and Georgia win because of talent. Yeah, they do a great job acquiring talent, but their culture runs the program. The talent doesn't run the program. That's why they consistently win. When you get to Georgia, you get to Alabama, they don't guarantee you nothing but the opportunity to compete at the highest level, and if you want to get on the field, you better be able to do things the right way day in and day out, or your butt'll be on that bench. Now, to me, Clemson's—I mean, this is going to be a fascinating—I mean, fascinating—like next few years for Dabo because Dabo's the one guy that hadn't really pivoted. Like Dabo did it a different way, you know. South Carolina, that's right there in the Bible Belt, big FCA school. Uh, they were like, if you commit to us, you can't take other visits. They didn't really do transfers. It's going to be interesting. Can Dabo maintain that same level and not just get the front line depth but the secondary depth that it takes to win year in and year out using the uh, same method. So we'll see if Clemson can has sustainability, but listen, man, I, I've been to practice at Alabama and Georgia. People don't get it. Man, you got to be the best of the best mentally and physically to make it at those two schools. It is no, you don't want to practice hard or you don't want to do things the right way. Like yeah butt will be gone
1: <laughs> no doubt and they they use the portal accordingly they don't abuse it unlike these other cats like and and i and i put dabo and clemson in the same boat i think they use it accordingly they don't abuse it the same with lance a good friend of mine who's now turning ku around 3 and 0 team that's been bad for 30 years you know and or at least until Mangino was here 12 15 years ago um uh, And he's up for the Nebraska gig. You got these other guys up for the Nebraska gig. What is the deal in Nebraska? Who can fix it if anybody? And is it just this is what it is? Miami, SC, Florida State, Florida, Nebraska, Colorado. Are they just uh, afterthought now with the NIL and the portal being how it is? Or can Nebraska be fixed? And who is the guy to do it if there is
2: anyone? So uh, I'm a big Lance Leipold fan. I actually picked Kansas to beat West Virginia outright Me on the prime time show. Me too. Like, I saw Kansas coming at the end of last year. Not a lot of people were watching, but if not for a blown call, they beat Oklahoma, and then they actually went to Austin and beat Texas. And that might not have looked like a good win there, but when you saw what Steve Sarkeesian is building in that gang is Alabama, like, that's a significant win. I'll say this. I think there's one guy that makes Nebraska – potentially what they presume to be, and that's Deion Sanders. And here's why. He coached high school ball in Texas. He played for the Cowboys. So he'll be able to go in Texas and convince the high-end kids that they're not coming to the middle of Nebraska. He won a championship with the 49ers. He'll be able to go into California and compete at the highest levels. And Nebraska has enough of a financial support system to compete on the NIL level. Maybe not the, the top Texas A&M overpaying guys, Jimbo Fisher model, but he brings credibility to somewhere where I think they need someone who can create a coolness about a place that's really uncool. Like, I, I would, if I was Lance, I wouldn't take that job because as good a coach as Lance is, I just don't know if he's going to be able to go toe-to-toe from a, a brand standpoint, with the kind of guys he would need to beat in recruiting, to get the amount of players he would need there. Totally. So I think it takes a guy like a Dion. that's a big personality. It's got national commercials that can make that end mean something. Interesting. I agree
1: because I, I I I talked to Lance the other day and I'm just like, dude, there's mm-hmm. no. He's like JB. I'm building something special here. I've already, you know, you know how it is, Sean. You build a shitty program, and you take, you build it up, and you're in year two, and it's turning. That's really three years worth of work. You got, you're going to be set back three years if you go take the Nebraska gig, and you've already got KU going. And right now, I argue KU ain't much it ain't a, it's probably a better job than Nebraska right now based on what Lance has done so like Nebraska is not what everybody thinks they are this fan base who god bless them man they show up every week in memorial and fill that stadium up they're not what they once were and and they they have to realize this and have some type of sense of truth about themselves cuz this is not what it was Miami Florida Florida State just not what they once were. SC, we're going to see if Lincoln's turn them around, but we'll see. Uh, the SC's not what they what they were. Texas ain't what they were. And it's because of this watered-down system I think we've created. But I like your take on that one, man. It's interesting. I do believe you have to have a big personality. And I do believe that the Boosters want California kids because they remember the Osborne years. And California was a very, very stronghold in Nebraska, Oklahoma, and Colorado for those three teams that used to win natties every year. Um, They were heavy, heavy Cali recruiting And now Nebraska can't get a California kid. They have a few, but they're not very good. So I don't know, man. What's next for you, man? you loving this uh, media thing? Yeah, I love
2: it, man. Uh, I go back to coaching for the right opportunity to either coordinate or coach the quarterback somewhere where I felt like I could really have an impact. But that'd be the only way they could pull me out of what I'm doing
1: now. Same with me, same with me, man. Uh, same with me, man. It's uh, it, man, it's it's great hearing some uh, real talk perspective, man. A lot of people don't understand the fine night details that go into this position, especially quarterback play. So we're gonna have to get together, man, and, and chop it up. I'll come out there one day. I'm always out there. I'm on yeah,
2: two- man. I'll get you on the show. We're live three to six, man. You can, uh the owner of Circa. We're filmed out of the Circa Casino downtown. Beautiful property. Uh, Derek Stevens comes on every Thursday for hours. So. I mean, we got a segment with the Entourage guys, Doug Allen, Kevin Conley, like Brian Urlacher comes over. We're doing, we're doing big stuff, so you'll fit right in, man. man. So you get down here, you let me know. Thanks for having me on, JB. Hey, be safe out here, brother. I appreciate you. Blessings, man. All right, peace. Big
1: Sean King right there. Just clap it up. Make sure you hit the, hit the like button, man. Subscribe. Become a member for me, man. Great, great, great banter right there. He said everything that I think. Uh, and that I say, but also he broke down a few things, um, uh, that is finite, that is really finite in the position. And, uh, he just, you know, resolidified what I th- say every single fucking day. All right. Every single thing I say right there is what we talk about in the quarterback position. And he did it without saying any names. And, and, uh, you know, I appreciate, uh, that real talk right there because he played it at the highest level. But by the way, he played for Tony Dungy in, in, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he was in that rebuild mode in that, in that organization. And he played a lot of football games. And so, you know, he played at the highest level. I, you know, when you play the position, you, I think, you know what the fuck you're talking about when you're caught talking to young people, when we're talking to young quarterbacks, that is what it is. So, um, Man, we're gonna have a we got a great guest joining us right again right now, man. Sean Salisbury is gonna be joining us here in two minutes. We're gonna have all things real with him. We're gonna talk about the quarterback position once again from an entire uh, older perspective. Uh, he's a little older than us. I grew up watching Sean play at USC, uh, play for the Minnesota Vikings, the Chargers. Um, he played for a lot of teams in the NFL. He, he won a CFL championship, just as Sean King did, by the way. Um so you know he he was uh he's been in a lot of movies if you don't know he's been in a lot of Adam Sandler movies and uh he was on uh the movie Benchwarmers if you haven't seen that movie um from San Diego he's actually from Long Beach California played his high school ball at Orange Glen High School in San Diego um uh, and uh he's also had his number 12 football jersey retired at Orange Glen High School in San Diego so, uh, you know, he's been in a lot of movies, man. He's been on uh, The Longest Yard. He's been on uh, The Bench Warmers, like I said. He's been on a lot of movies, man. He played at USC. He was drafted by the Seahawks. Played for the Colts, the Vikings, the Houston Oilers back in the day. If you don't know uh, who the Houston Oilers were because you guys uh, were too damn young. The, he played for the San Diego Chargers. Um, you know, we're going to talk about the current NFL landscape. Uh, I want to t- I want to get his take on, on what he thinks about the quarterback play. I want to get his take on last night's Amazon Prime fucking shit-ass game. I want to talk to him about Trubisky versus Brissett. Talk about the college football landscape and the portal. And then we're going to talk about his take on USC and Lincoln Riley. He is a USC alum. He used to come out and talk about USC when they've been bad for the last few years. And uh, I'm going to ask him about all those things. Um, so all you guys on TikTok, come on over to YouTube right now. Get live with us. Um, get, get active with us. We're here, uh, right on YouTube. Come on over to YouTube, man. Pound the like button, subscribe, become a member. Um, Sean Salisbury is going to be joining us here any second. Uh, all you TikTokers, man, come on over and, uh, join the YouTube live, man. It's in my bio. Come on over, man. I'll be doing some giveaways. You can call in and if you're a member and uh join the chat talk to the guest and uh come on over man i'll see you guys TikTok. come on over to youtube peace um no sir no uh further ado man we're bringing my main man in man hey man i just introduced you with the best introduction ever man so i appreciate you joining us sean i appreciate it greatly Um, great
0: great great to be on with you coach and I, i appreciate the introduction and uh uh, i'll take it because i'm not even a household name in my own home so thank you brother i appreciate you man Thanks.
1: <laughs> hey man you're a household name in ours brother shit i i grew up big fan man I, we got san diego cats in the chat here and they uh they, they, they're like damn he's retired at orange Glen, and now orange glenn is bad and i'm like yeah <laughs> they might be Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, man yeah. what's going on sean what do you got going on now I, I got uh i'm gonna put the uh your ticker down here on the bottom um sean salisbury if you guys don't know who he is again if you're just now joining the chat man hit the like button he's a former usc trojan alum legendary he was an espn analyst for years host of his own show follow him on twitter sean unfiltered um man this guy is a great great mind tells you how it is i used to love watching on espn he was the only guy i would listen to uh thanks what's going on man so where are you at
0: now you in the midwest no i'm in houston texas i uh the host, you know the on iHeart Media the morning drive radio in Houston. I've been here for hell. This is working on nine years now. Wow. This sept. Well, September was nine years, and I got a great team, a morning drive team. I love it. We're six to ten, and then I'm doing you know stuff nationally across the country with podcasts, and uh, I'm finishing my master's degree here in December, um, which I promised my parents when I graduated from SC that I do it in sports management or sport management, should I say? So I don't know. Maybe somebody will need an athletic director or general manager for a team someday. Other than that, I got, I don't even know why I'm doing it other than to challenge myself because oh, yeah. I love what I'm doing, you know, and uh, I'm having a, I'm, it's from Texas A&M is where I'll get my master. So just grinding brother grateful every day that I get to talk sports and join shows like this and hopefully be unfiltered without hot takes because I'm, I'm not a big hot take guy, but I, try to prepare my butt off, and for the people who listen and watch that's why we do it, man. It's no, a great platform, no and I'm br- I'm blessed to be able to do what I love. So thank you.
1: No doubt, man. I've always appreciated the real facts, man. And then when the social media world and the smartphone hit, and then you know all of a sudden, you know a lot of us that were that way years ago, now all of a sudden we can't be that way anymore. It's, and, oh, and that's
0: right, brother. It's yeah, crazy. I'm just like, yep.
1: man. What's it like to uh, work with the a, 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 a likes of like a Adam Sandler and all these little movie roles you used to have, man? I used to love them, man. I, was that fun as hell, or was it was it was it was it, was it- <laughs> Tough.
0: Some of the best times of my life and out of my element, I used to kid, and he's become such a over these years and what people think about Sandler Coach is, is and I'm talking about as far as a loyal you, know, you always hear loyal to the guys. He is everything you think good about him times 10. Really? This is one of the finest human beings. He will treat the person who's, you know, the when General. they have their food truck there on the set to the actor who's making 10 million bucks a film. Everybody like gold. This is as fine a human being, and you know when it when I first got the role to train him for longest yard, I got a call when I was doing television ESPN, and I never I met him for like 15 seconds when Dan Fouts and I were doing the preseason games for the Chargers right after I had retired from football. He walked in because Fouts had been in in uh, in the Waterboy, yeah, and Dan was a play-by-play guy, yeah. and I was the color analyst for the Chargers preseason game. And he walked in during halftime and said hi to Dan. And I just turned around and said, hey, man, just a fan. Nice to meet you. It was a four-second conversation, five seconds. So years later, I'm coming back. I was, we were at the Pro Bowl. I came back. There's a message on my voicemail at work that says so-and-so from Sony, I mean, from Happy Madison, which is his production yeah. crew, as you know, his company, uh, can you please call us back? We'd like to discuss something with you. And I'm like, my agent had not said anything to me yet. And so I didn't call back. I thought it was one of my buddies being an asshole, right? Uh, and then I said, no, 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 I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I, hopefully I didn't. I, am I allowed to swear on this? Podcast? Oh, yeah, am, definitely. Right? All okay. you want. Right. There you go. And I'll swing an F-bomb every now and again. It's good. Kind of good to Thank you. you. Clap it up. So I, it's, like, <laughs> it's like raw horseradish, man. F-bomb clears it out. So I, call, I didn't call back for a week, and they called again. So I finally I said, okay. So I call back in the phone, and it says, uh, Sony Pictures, I'm like, okay, this can't be that fake. I got all my buddies are dumbasses. They aren't working at Sony Pictures, my high school and college buddies. And so I said, I'm, this is Sean Salisbury for Barry Bernardi, who is their senior executive producer for Happy Madison, right? And so they rung him, and I said, uh, he goes, Sean, how you doing? I said, Barry, uh, nice to meet you. I said, we small talk, and I said, what can I do for you? And he goes, well, he goes, I, I don't know if you know, but we're doing a remake of The Longest Yard. And I said, yeah, I've, I've heard, but I didn't know who was doing it. But that's awesome. And I love the original and Burt Reynolds as Paul Crew and the rest of it. And I said, well, what can I do for you? He goes, we want you to train Adam Sandler. Or he said, I want you to train Paul Crew for the role, the quarterback role in Longest Yard. Wow. And I said, well, first off, why me? Yeah. And Marino and I still joke about it. He goes, what the fuck? He told Sandler, he goes, with Salisbury? He goes, he couldn't drop it in the ocean if he was standing on a beach. And when Danny on that on HBO where they were doing the show with football, and Dan and I still laugh about it every year. And he goes, "Oh, Sean, you knew us guys." So of course I did, but it's true. Hell, you got Dan Marino, but I do know how to coach it and teach it. So we laugh about it all the time. And I felt the same way. Like, well, why the hell me? He goes, "Well, he'd seen you on TV, and he heard you train quarterbacks, and he liked your personality, and wants to hire you." So okay, my kind of guy. I said, "Well, who's playing?" When he said wants to hire you, I'm thinking. Well, Sandler's got somebody in mind for Paul Crewe because there's no damn way Sandler's playing Paul Crew, right, Coach? No. This is Adam Sandler, not Burt Reynolds. <laughs> tough guy, right? <laughs> Sandler, all the funny movies, comedy, and I think, okay. I said, well, who's playing Paul Crew? He goes, Sandler is. I said, well, damn, you better have a whole lot of money if I'm going to turn him into a quarterback. We laughed and conversation. A week later, I'm sitting in the Sony lot. A week later, wow. my agent about you know, David Spade and Sandler and Schneider – and Rob Schneider, all these guys, and they're just like you think they are. They're walking around in cargo shorts, just good dudes, right? Damn. And I'm scared to death because I'm out of my element. Right. So we went through the conversation. I told my age. I said, what do I say? And he said, just be you. He's a great dude, as you can see. And so I asked him what he wanted from me. He goes, Salisbury. I, I just want to be able to throw 40 yards. I go, well, we're going to have to do more than that to sell this, right? <laughs> I said, my reputation, what little one I have is on the line. I want to make sure I do it Right. <laughs> And he I said, "I said, well, we'll have you throwing it forty yards." And then he, I, he, I said, "Here's what I expect from you." And so we went there. I want you to make this so real. And so we worked from eye black to, to, and he threw. And the next morning, I'm at his house, and matzo ball, he's in his robe, answers the door. I show, he sends a car to get me. I come to his house, and his his awesome wife and him are sitting at the breakfast table because Salisbury come in. You want some breakfast? I said, "No, Adam, I'm, I'm good. I think I might even <laughs> call him Mister Sandler." He goes, "Don't call me Mister Sandler." <laughs> So matzo ball is there. He finishes his cereal, gets dressed. We go down to a local park, throw for about 45 minutes. I, I tire his arm out. He goes, "Damn Salisbury." He goes, "But I like this." And so we trained for about five months. Became he became a very trusted, loyal, good friend, and still is. And so we trained. He went out. It was one of the great. When you're with those guys, yeah. the laughs in between was off the charts, right? Wow. And then he hired me for bench warmers and house money, and and the rest is history. So. Some of the greatest times I've ever had is watching just the interaction with those guys. I felt like I was in over my head. It was fun doing it, and I'd do anything for him. And he is one of the finest, sweetest human beings and the most loyal people. And I'll tell you what, you're starting to see him, some of these dramatic roles, Coach. He is really taking his, I mean, even another step. But whatever you think about him, good times at times 10. So I had a blast doing it. Hopefully he'll be dumb enough to, to hire me for one or two more of those dumbass roles, but I loved it. It was a blast.
1: Man, that's a hell of a story, man. I, I've always seen you on those roles and I'm like, man, perfect. Cause you were, man, you were my favorite guy to watch break down the queue. And I'm just like, dude, this is the only guy that I would listen to back in the day. And then, Nowadays, I know uh, Jordan Palmer's doing his thing out here on the West Coast, right. coaching the kids. he does it
0: great. He's yeah, really good he does at good. At it, I too. had him
1: on the show, and, and he, right. he, he talks some good stuff. And then you got these guys, man, that are just these damn street agents who are out here just robbing folks blind, who don't know a fucking right. thing about the position. And he uh, and
0: Jordan does. You know, there's good exactly. ones. I watched Dan Orlovsky teach it on TV. Dan's really good. Because it's not hot-take-ish. It's here's what we see. Here's why you see it and what we're trying to do and throw it on time. So I like guys who – I love a strong opinion, but I also sure. like it when you back it up with here's what you're seeing. And Jordan is a hell of a teacher. You know, Carson is an SC guy, he's a buddy. So I – so much respect. It's First of all, I know how tough the position is because I made it look tough no um, no. at times. And But the, the good teachers, not just good coaches, but – and you know this, good teachers, guys who know how to teach somebody to process it. And back to Sandler, and in truth – I'm. I'm going to tell you something now. That's called being a good actor because he knew, he worked, and they know how to take that, yeah. apply it to their craft. And he became a guy who could take a three-step drop and throw a slant on time, throw a curl route on a five-step, knew how to do all the things that the little quirks that quarterbacks do. And I, always, I told him, I enough. I can. I tell anybody this. I said if I could teach Adam Sandler to throw it on time, <laughs> I could sure as shit teach anybody to throw yeah. it on time. And so he how about- And I laughed. and he. And one thing, last thing about that, we had to play you know how he loves that hoops, right? He'll play a hoops game driving through New York and go over to Rucker Park and boom, he's playing a ball game, right? At Sandman, every single day we trained, we had to play two on two first. I mean, we trained hoops and he and I would team up against whoever he, you know, you're. and if, you, if he told you at, at lunch on his production crew, you're playing hoops at lunch, guess what? You were playing hoops at lunch. And so we played and he's really an underrated athlete now. And he's a competitive little bastard and I love him to death, man. I love him like a family man.
1: Hey, there's a rumor out there that your ass was a great hooper. And in the San Diego days now, I heard you were a hooper. Uh, did you beat Adam Sandler's ass or what?
0: Come on, man. That's like shooting fish in a barrel. I ain't never done it before, but I know it's easy. Okay. And he, you know, he's got good wraparound skills. We're different types of players, but we teamed up, so I didn't have to beat his ass. That was the smart thing. No, oh, yeah. because you, know, yeah. you don't want to beat your boss too many times. Like, I'd like to beat a few more of these, so if I bury you or have to, you know, tomahawk dunk on your ass, then I don't want to do it laughing. I... I didn't play football till I got to high school.
1: That's what I heard. I played
0: flag football 11 on 11 in junior high. I could throw it my AD and my dad, the athletic director of my high school, they uh, I don't want to say talked me into it but encouraged it so I finally played. I never played it down a pop order now. Dumb at we a bunch of buddies we'd go to the park and play tackle football with no pads on. Yep, exactly. But right. I was a basketball and baseball guy and they were Baseball's probably my most natural sport. Really? My best sport in high school was I was fortunate to get recruited by all three, and I don't mean that as a pat on the back, but football was an afterthought for me. I didn't want to play. Wow. I wanted to play basketball and baseball, and I was fortunate to be recruited. I got recruited by Digger Phelps and Larry Brown at UCLA Man. to play basketball. So I, it was my favorite because I could – basketball, my passion of – I played bigger about that five, but I could jump, and I was physical, so I could guard guys bigger now. At 6'5", playing at the next level, I can't guard Kyrie Irving on the open court, man. I'm sorry to tell you. I, that, that ain't ever happened. I'd have been better off guarding somebody in the low block, but that was my favorite sport in high school and, and baseball. But football, and the very first time I carried a ball, and my, my I had a military coach. He was an old military guy, Tom Bice. Not that anybody cares about his name, but I do. i won't put respect on it. My very first carry my freshman year, the first – I didn't even know how to put pads on. I put those – you know the, the, the thigh pads that we always had to slide in, Coach? Hell yeah, yeah. I I'd put those things in. I put them in where the, the big part was on the inside. It pinch where your balls and your, and your thigh come to get the inside of your thigh. And a teammate of mine said, no, 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 dude, you got to turn the, the small part goes on the, 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 end the, the big parts on the outside of your leg. And that's honest to God, true story. First time I carry the ball, my, I, my, my middle finger comes off the ball, and it goes into the ground, and I got tackled on top of it. Compound frec- fracture. The bone pops out of the skin. I go walking back to the huddle, and the uh, coach says, Sal's bringing you back in the huddle. I'm like, Coach, I think that's my bone, and you're a little shocked, right? And unlike the new school days where people want to sue people keeping around, which my dad would have said the same thing, I sat around for two hours of the scrimmage with a little sandwich baggy ice bag dipped in there, go put some ice on it. Two hours later, my mom and dad show up because they're both working. I go up to the school principal's office. They open up the office, the administrative office. I call my dad and mom uh, at the home phone. They come and get me. And I go to the doctor, and he says he casts it and, you know, surgically repairs it. About another 20 minutes with all the infection, I had to cut your finger off. Yeah. And that was on my throwing hand. So thank goodness he didn't, and I learned how to play quarterback and actually know how to carry a football right, and the rest is history, and I finished my career playing football so there you go God boring damn. story but that's how it started man. you
1: can't get these legendary ass stories anywhere else make sure you hit the like button subscribe become a member right here on the coach jb show man appreciate sean salisbury growing up uh, coming in here let me ask you this sean um you're talking about garden uh Kyrie. i want to know what your current take is clearly you think that it is much more athletically gifted than our era Um, which I do believe. I believe the NFL quarterback landscape um, is the most gifted we've ever seen. But having said that, I think it is the worst quarterback level. In totality, I think NFL quarterback play is the worst as I've ever seen it. As far as results and actual uh, learning how to read coverage based on front, protection, knowing how to get out of a a bad play into a good one, I just think they're going with what's called. I don't think there's any real seriousness being taken in the position as it once was based on them getting so much money so fast. And I think that, uh, that is lot that is, that is cost the investment of this position, which yep. we know is, uh, you're either the go to the hero at this level in this position. Uh, what is your take? How, what do you think about NFL quarterback play as a, as a whole? And, uh, I just want to get your – I'm interested yeah. to hear this one.
0: Yeah, JB, we, we have taken here, – here's the problem. We do it at the high school level, and I for, I train about 50 or so right now all over the country and from junior high to high school, and I'm big on not robotics but the mechanics of the position and understanding. And, and we do Zoom mental stuff every week with quarterbacks because trying to – so they understand what they're seeing. And even if your coach isn't teaching it, now you'd be shocked at how many kids don't know how to label a Sam Linebacker in their juniors in high school. Or, or what too high safety means, and I, I don't mean it derogatory, but we've taken the the, the we've taken it out of their hands and give it all the, That's why you see eleven guys snap their head to the sidelines and the coaches change in place. Now I get it if it's successful. I don't know if we're doing the quarterback any favors for long term, and not that anybody cares about their long term. They care about winning that game. I get it, but we've taken out the direct and protections and understanding all twenty. You don't have to quarterbacks now. A lot of them. I'm not saying all of them don't understand the, all, the 22 that well, who your right guard's blocking. They only know what the route combo is and that if nine guys come, that I got to scramble around or get the ball out or if more guys get, uh, come that we can block. I'm with you now. I, was, I wasn't one of them, but I played in the era that I thought was the golden era. Uh, and I think it's the best all-around play ever. I, I agree. Young, Montana, Elway, Marino, Kelly, Favre, uh, guys like Tony Eason and Kenny O'Brien who had good careers, just weren't Hall of Famers. I mean, the list goes on. And Warren on. Moon. Warren Moon, that Hall of Famer and a teammate of mine, absolutely. Backups that would be starting now. I'm not saying that. I bet, I'm just talking about the overall where when you came to the line of scrimmage, the coach would send in the play, and you had to put on the formation on it. That was it.
1: Yeah. And check you with me.
0: Your head. You, yeah, check with you. Hey, check with me, run pass. Check with me, uh, 40 gut. 742 option week. I mean, all those things. And I was fortunate to be trained early by North Turner. Phenomenal. Or Troy Aikman was playing in that era. Steve Young. I mean, it's stupid how good that... And every single guy we just named, other than Tony Tony, uh, Eason Eason and Kenny O'Brien, are are all wearing mustard-colored jackets. No doubt. And the Brady-Manning, but there was more responsibility on the... Now, there's more specialized now, but more responsibility on the quarterback. And it didn't matter if you were a backup or starter to take us out of a bad play and get us into a good play or take us from a good play into a better play. No Does doubt. that make sense? No so doubt. there was more mental grind on you to control a game. I remember one time I, was, I took a sack on a stupid play, and Brian Billick, who was my coordinator, I look over there, was like third and 15, he points at me. Yeah. And I look back over at him, like, send a play in, and he points at me. And basically what he was saying is, motherfucker, quit holding the ball. This one's on you. You call it. No doubt. I, got the, I don't have a play in my playbook for third and 15. No doubt. Lesson, lesson learned, right? Yep. So I think there was more responsibility on the quarterback. So I, you're going to have a hard time convincing me that as far as just overall play with the responsibility put on the quarterback, I think those 80s and 90s were the best I ever saw. And I was fortunate to stand next to a lot of those guys and watch them play. And Marino, all those guys. Now, push ahead to what you're saying. Listen, our top level skill set, guys, Mahomes and Allen, and just a pure raw ability to, to look at Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts is on his way to being a good player. I do. And, and with a chance to do something special because he's poised, and everybody says he can't throw. Well, he looked pretty good last week. So my point is, our 15th quarterback's really gifted. I yeah. mean, they are doing shit that, that you're like, wow, that I'm sitting back and say, I'm glad I'm not playing. But we're also doing shit that I'm saying, are you kidding me? That's a four-week. You just pointed to the slot, to the guy coming off the slot. You only got three to block him, but you don't know you got three to block him. Why? Because you don't know. you 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 The center's going right. He's not going left because you didn't direct him. And so just, you don't know. And you're going to use your ability to step out of it with your feet or get rid of the ball quick to beat him instead of understanding the concept that when they got four coming and we only got three to block him, you got to put your foot in the ground. Either change the play, or that's your side adjustment. You got to throw hot. So while I and it's not that they're dumb at all. Right. We got smart guys. Right. It's that we've taken the coaches taking that responsibility off them. And for some, it may be a good thing that you just get to react and play. But I'm always a guy that I never want to go into a game. Now I may not have been able to beat you all the time physically, but I was never going to go into a game not knowing all 22 and who the left guard blocked and. What our side adjust and our audible checks are. So I, I think that we got some talented guys, but the era of putting the accountability on the quarterback to stay out—we have too many call it and run it. So we play uphill too much, but we have such guys like Allen and Mahomes and Lamar Jackson that are so friggin' gifted that they can do shit that that Marino with his feet couldn't do, but he could with his arms. So I think we've taken mental pressure at times off them, and it's not because, like I said, they're not dumb. That that they're dumb, they're not. It's because we have lightened their burden so they can just drop back and throw the football, and we're relying on their physical gifts and not giving them the opportunity to understand, well, if that safety walks over and he comes, dude, you've got to understand redirect protection. We don't do that very much anymore.
1: You didn't want to – Sean, you didn't want to walk into this fucker with your dick in your hand guessing. That is what, what you didn't want to do as yeah, a quarterback. Yeah, like,
0: I, I'm, a, I'm an I know guy, not an I hope guy. Yeah, no and shit. Quarterback, no. If you're an I hope guy, you're screwed. Wishing That's one hand and shitting the other right. one, right? That's right.
1: Uh, no doubt. It, it, it's crazy you said Billick. I know Billick's a Redlands, California guy native. Uh, let, let me ask you this. He was on record a while back when I was watching him with the Ravens teams that Trent Dilfer, you know, everybody talks about how he struggled and they had a great defense and he didn't have to do much, just not you know, manage the game, not, not fuck it up and all that. Um, he's still a Super Bowl winning quarterback at the end of the damn day. He's a damn one right. percenter. He's a one damn percenter. Right. A lot of people don't realize but Billick used to talk. I heard him in a clinic talking to a lot of guys. That was kind of a private clinic. We were talking to him and a bunch of a bunch of NFL guys, Pete Carroll, a bunch of guys. And he said, "Man, for every guy that runs around back here at the quarterback position, there's a fucker wide open waiting to get the ball." And yep. to this day, we haven't seen a real running quarterback win a Super Bowl. Uh, Steve yep. Young started throwing the ball. He stopped the stopped the running when he threw five yep. touchdowns in that Super Bowl and. Yep. Russell Wilson, to me, used his feet to help extend plays. He wasn't necessarily a runner, uh, so to speak. So I've yet to see a real deal running quarterback run around back here. Do you yep. agree with Billick, having played for well, him, that there's guys open when you're running around and you're wasting oh, a lot of our time? There's no
0: freaking question. And Brian was all about – Brian was a guy who was exactly what we're talking about of – base and Denny's Denny Green on that staff as our head coach, Denny was always know who to get and how to get him. If okay. you know who to get and how to get them you can it's like the answers to the test man the conflict find me the conflict yep. and if you know where to go with the football you're already ahead of the game even if you're not better as good as some of the other guys that deliver delivering it right Right. and they put it on you in the onus and like I said I know it I know 49ers just do it all the time is here's we they give a game plan and even though you may have that play called in three different areas of the field it's three different formations and you had to know through your game plan that on at the 50, on third and six when we go scat right dodge or scat right 585 dodge X post and Chris Carter's running at that you had to know that here's the formation with that personnel. That's not my responsibility as a coach. That's yours because you studied it all week long. And if you don't know it, then shame on you. Oh, well, Brian's right running around. And, here's, and I've said this for years. And when people get this perception of here's what I do know, that – You better be able, and I call it the hula hoop in the pocket, JB. If you can't throw, take a hula hoop and stick it at five yards or seven yards deep or three yards in a quick game, whatever it is, three and a half yards, three-step drop. And by the way, Trent Dilfer was brilliant, and Trent Dilfer was a smart guy. He kept them out of bad plays because even with that defense, you can't just have any swing and dick go win a Super Bowl, and people don't understand that. Tony Banks was there too. Right, because (laughs) he he didn't have the gaudy numbers. Trent Dilfer was perfect for what they needed. And he's one hell of a teacher and coach right now about the, he's still old, he, 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 the old three digit system, understands the mechanics of getting it out on time. And you could learn a lot from Trent Dilfer and he's got a Super Bowl ring for a reason because no he gets it. No doubt. Well, back to this is if you can't deliver the ball on time, processing information and throwing it accurately from that area in the hula hoop in a pocket, your chance, I, I guess I'll never say never, but. We haven't won. We we haven't had a guy who does that second and runs first win a Super Bowl ever. Ever. So if you can't deliver it from there on time with accuracy and 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 by throwing people open, you, then I, I got news for you. You're going to be on a chase mode now. People always and you mentioned Steve Young. Steve Young's one of the great pocket passers we've ever had. Yes. He just had the ability to do what some of us didn't phenomenal feat to get it out and to run bootlegs and throw on the run and buy time so he could run, but he wasn't a runner first and in an in a, in a accurate thrower second. He was a thrower pocket guy first in Bill Walsh in that system and happened to extend plays. You want me to, Russ Wilson may be the guy, the aberration, but even then, Russ bought time to slide and get nine yards and a first down, but he learned over the years to throw from there. So if you want to give me the, well, Russ was a scrambler first, we could probably go look at tape and show you just how many plays he actually did make from the pocket as well that Super Bowl year. But you can go through it: Montana, Elway, Marino getting there, even though Aikman, uh, Kurt Warner, Ben Roethlisberger. Well, look at—he can still, yeah, he can like Mahomes. Yeah. Mahomes delivers it from the pocket. He's off schedule. He's just phenomenal. But you're never going to find the guy who is throw outside, outside, outside all the time, but can't beat you between the tackles we haven't seen that guy yet. No. That doesn't mean that, that you can't be great out there and and good in here and still win. But you got to be really good in here first. And then you got to be you if you got Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen and Mahomes, those guys ability to do shit that the normal guy can't do, the freak show stuff. Well, look at Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford's not a runner. Mm-hmm. Matt yeah. Stafford sat in that pocket, delivered the ball on time and came to a team with talent and won a Super Bowl. But I love, listen, we're at a time. I love the extend to play guy, sure. but you're never going to tell me that a guy who was a runner all the time first and doesn't know how to throw from the pocket is going to win you a Super Bowl. If you can throw from the pocket, I think Lamar's game's transformed. I think he's a great player and he's learning how to deliver the ball from there more. Now he becomes difficult to stop. Allen's the ultimate weapon in football because of his legs and his arm, and he's got great command of what's going on, Mahomes. So you got to deliver it on time from there first. And then we can expand you outside. And when you do both, you become a bitch to have to defend. And we know there's about eight or nine of those guys in a league.
1: No doubt. I, I, I always show film. I got DV sport and I'm one of the only, I, I get to show this actual film and I show it on Lamar Jackson all the time. And everyone thinks I'm a hater. I go, no, I'm just truthful. I, my buddy recruited him to Louisville. I, I, I think he's a great character kid.
0: He's never had any issues. I love him. I'm with you. I, I think I he deserves
1: him. the money because Deshaun Absolutely. Watson got it. And if he got it, and this guy won an MVP. He's never had any off the field issues. He has a great character. He deserves it. But on the other tip of it, do you do you do you like what he's doing without the without the agent and betting on himself? I mean, first two games he's been MVP ish, uh, no doubt. He's betting on himself. But but Sean, you know, in, in four years he ain't going seventy five yards no more to the house. And that offense is going to be very very easy to to defend by a coordinator who understands you're limited in certain regards. And- we need to do some things. And, Sean, right. second part of this, and I love hearing this from you, why is his off-season trainer not correcting his fucking platform? His elbow is horrible. His mechanics have not gotten better, in my estimation. And everything he does on Instagram is fucking long ball. And I'm like, let's throw some fucking balls into the teeth of the defense. Yeah. I love what he did against Miami. He threw some slants right. after the backer cleared. He threw a couple dig routes. I like to see that other than just throwing play action over the top because there's nine in the box because he's a freak. So what do you think about the sustainability of these guys, Uh, Kyler, Lamar, uh, even Josh Allen, Sean, you know, as I know, he's this close to snapping a knee or leg and ending that Buffalo run. Knock on wood. I hate to see a kid get hurt. But, like, we got to understand there's bigger fish to fry. We're here for the long run. And if you get hurt, son, you fucked our chances here.
0: So – where does that – how does that fine line work with you? Yeah, and it is a fine line and a slippery slope. And I, I – there's there's so many great branches you hit on. And I never want to coach out of a player the ability to extend plays. I don't want to coach that at him. I also don't want it to be his crutch because if it is your crutch, you know what they do? We all lean on a crutch. Freeze up. You, you don't get to the third progression because you're too busy after the first progression. And we've all been there is – Oh, I'm going to use my biggest strength. I'm going to bail out of this. And you miss the second receiver who's coming in late to that dig route you're talking about or the outside, pound the outside lane, comeback because you didn't have the option open and you work through the option to the outside lane. So you bail out and sometimes you run into trouble. First and foremost, it's a no-brainer. Like a running back or a boxer, eventually, Dan Fouts told me years ago, the arm's only got so many throws in it. Maybe unless you're Brady who's just cut different and in a different breed, but also you only got so many hits in the body too. That's why backs wear out. Now, do I want to live with Lamar or Josh Allen running it 15, 18 times a game? Probably not. Uh, and I'm being facetious. Of course not. And uh, over time, that will diminish. Look at Russ Wilson. He no longer beats you with any of his feet. And now he's having trouble beating you with his arm, too, the first two weeks.
1: Yeah, he looks For bad.
0: $260 million, he got to get better. Yeah. And I have nothing but respect for his career. Right. But he, he, he doesn't – Russ doesn't want to extend plays with his feet anymore, and I don't know why, but I don't need it 20 times. But I do – four or five times a game works with me, mix in a little RPO, get on the edge. Yep. But finding space, you don't have to take all those hits. I don't need Josh Allen to prove to me he's tough. I don't need right. Lamar to prove to me he's tough. Right. So with that in mind getting to Lamar's trainer and he's, he's grown on me, JB. Why? Because I love the way he responds to teammates. I love the playmaker in him. He is a quarterback and a damn good one. He has won an MVP and in truth between Kyler, him and Watson, he's played better than those guys have in their career. No doubt. He, He deserves more than both of them. And I, and I have, listen, on the field, I'm talking about on the field. We know Watson can play. Kyler Murray's got some learning to do and some obviously some of the stuff they talked about studying. He's a freak show talent, but he's still got, and they both are making 200 200 million, 200 plus million. This dude deserves more because he's, and and neither one of those other two cats have a Super Bowl either. And all this guy does Lamar's win 12 games. Now, is there another level to his throwing from the pocket mechanics? Damn right. There is, but that's not a bad thing. That's called the evolution of learning as you go on now. As you know it goes on like Matt Stafford let's use him again again JB there comes a point in time in a guy's career where I'm sure shit not going to try to change Matt Stafford's throwing motion, yeah. you know, the three-quarter sidearm. Now, I may adjust his feet. To over- it's like that golfer who, like Jim Furyk, yeah. who does that big old figure eight. Yeah. As long as I can get his ass to square the club face, I don't care what he does. Yeah. And it's the same with Lamar. Well, eventually, you get to a point where you say, I'm just not going to argue with results. Matt Stafford is going to throw it to you 15 times a year, but he's also going to throw for 4,500 and throw balls to you like, damn, what a great hole shot. So with Lamar... Would I like him more solid where the mechanics don't break down late in the pocket? Sure. Sure, I would. But I also look at the other side and say, when somebody tells me that guy can't throw from the pocket bullshit because I see it on a regular basis. Now, if he gets to a Super Bowl and somehow, some way, somebody has come up with a game plan to limit his movement, I'm not talking about one game. I'm talking about sustained four, five, six games. Right. What, what will the next level be? Of course, there's another level because I still don't think we've seen his best football. But why in the offseason his coach doesn't work on mechanics? Maybe he's dis- decided that I'm not going to battle with success because it might screw with him too much. Good point. And I, you know, you know, It's like on the golf course. If you and I go play and we get a teaching lesson before we go hit, before we go play team, that fucking ball will be oh. snap hooked left. You got no shot. You'll have the, And you're like, why did I take a lesson before? Because your head screwed up. Maybe it's at the point now where the mechanics are going to take a backseat and you're just going to let Lamar do what he does. But I would like to preserve him because for three, two million or $40 million, which he deserves, I need him on the field. That's and, where he's good to me. And you need Some him guys, in five years. You're, you're damn right. Yeah. You're damned, you're, you're damned right because dynamic player, but you got to be able to beat him from both. And the best ones also, and maybe Lamar is, is becoming that guy or has been there, is that they can sustain it for long periods of time and they can beat you more ways than one if you take one part of their game away. Josh Allen's got to that point. Mahomes has got to that point. We, we know that there's guys trying to get to that point. But there's a handful of them that you say, damn, I took away his best player and he still beat me. No, damn, not- I took away his legs and he still beat me. Damn, I took away his pocket, but even on his movement, he beat me. So, And then the guy who can go 10 out of 27, be, be shitting on himself and pissing down his leg, and then still finds a way to win. Those guys, right? Yeah. yeah some yeah, of yeah. us mere mortals couldn't do it, but some of these freak show talents can. I'm a big mechanics guy. That's why Brady sustained it. Me too. Aside from other things, his stability to when the temperature of that damn game goes up, the blood pressure and your mechanics are at their heightened – It's like Steph Curry shooting threes. Yes. When the pressure of the game's up, his form and mechanics are off the charts. Right? You're still true. You're like still climbing the back. pocket.
1: You're still and you're not – you're still
0: beating them mentally. Yes. You're still beating them by reading coverage and understanding where to throw it. And I'm talking about all 32 starters in this league.
1: No doubt. I, I, I'm, I agree. Staff, uh, Stafford, to me, we got to start questioning if he was out of Detroit eight years ago – and somewhere else, does he have two or three rings and already right. a true Hall of Famer? Because he's a top-five ball spinner, no question in my opinion. Uh, right. I talked to Aaron Rodgers about it, and he even told me the same thing. He's like, dude, this dude's a dude. And the bottom line is he goes to a team that has some competence, and there he wins a Super Bowl and has a three four-game playoff run, arguably one of the best of all time. So, like
0: right. – JB and think about what do you think about the pressure? Remember when they got him for all those assets and and Sean McVay and that group, they're going all in getting rid of draft picks saying we're fucking going to win it now. Yep. And what's he do? He comes in there and overcomes and makes the clutch throw to Cooper cup against Tampa Bay on blitz. Yep. Once again, you know what Stafford did know where the unblocked guy was coming from. Yep. So he beat him with the throw and hung in there and took a shot in the mouth and still delivered it for the touchdown. So, I love the guy. Yeah, I, I just know going in that there are going to be a couple of times Matt's going to throw it to the other dude, no doubt. But that rocket launcher arm and he's got balls the size of a daytime burglar, brother. <laughs> he, you know, think about sitting at home. Every, you, you know, you're sitting at home, the, you know, the dad or the mom during the day at three o'clock, and a burglar is going to waltz in and steal from your ass while you're home, and, and not, with no with all the lights on. That Stafford, it's like I'm throwing it there. And I may miss it the first time, but you think I don't have the balls to come back and throw it in there again? And he does, and you're right. I think he's already – the numbers say Hall of Fame, right, considering who's – you know what I'm saying? And adding that ring to it didn't hurt. He's one of my favorites, and it was so nice to see him get this chance and then with all that pressure to capitalize it in his first year there.
1: No, no doubt. Uh, Let me ask you this. Uh, By the way, look at the ticker on the bottom.
0: Um, by, by the way, you do a great job on the show, man. I love listening. Oh, to you. Man, I, balls of a daytime burger. There you go, bro. Hey,
1: man, that is fucking classic. I'm I'm you. I'm, I'm putting that on a fucking shirt. I'll send you the money for it. Uh, <laughs> let let hey, me ask I'll you share. this. I I'm gotta ask you player, this question. I'm a team and, and player. I know I, you're a busy man, and I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, college football landscape. We can get into the transfer portal, of the NIL. I think we're all agree, me and you agree on the same shit. I think it's soft as shit, and the whole deal is fucked up. But you all played right. at SC your take on sc i know i've seen your tweets and and instagram posts years ago sc is bad i've had coaches my one of my former coaches was the interim head coach last year dante um what what is your take now obviously they're three and oh i don't think they've played anybody and i'm as strong as anyone and i have no usc ties but just sending kids there um and I'm a, and I'm a, and I'm a huge realist. UCLA and USC to me still should be dominant across America, just Great. like Pete Carroll had them. I think they should be. We got five fucking Heisman Trophy candidates at the quarterback position across America right now, out of California. I don't think there's a lack of talent. I think it's as good as it's been in a long time, uh, even though we're soft as shit. What is your take on USC Lincoln Riley right now, and this, and how he has this quarterback Caleb Williams playing? Are you happier than I, I'm sure you're happier, but are you are you comfortable with where it's headed, or do you think this thing is a fucking one one shot deal because of how the portal and the NIL are? SC could be shitty next year if somebody pays right. more money to a right. kid. So what yep. do you think? How how, how are you? Uh, I know you're intertwined there. How how are you feeling about SC, and how far can they go this year?
0: Right, and I'm, I'm I'm I bleed cardinal gold, but I'm also, as you said, I'll be critical of them if necessary. I'm not going to be when they're getting their ass kicked. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and, and put a cologne. I'm not going to put you know Creed cologne on a pile of shit. I'm not going to do that. And that's happened in the past. That that ain't that ain't me. No so doubt. So I'm critical but fair. No doubt. Um, I, I'll tell you how I feel, and with this real quick on the. You name, image, and likeness and transfer portal and all that, which was for another podcast that we'll do together, right? Another no show.
1: You got to get me on your show you, for you that. Here's
0: what the coaches are faced with now. You got to recruit the player before he gets there, recruit him while he's there. Yes. You, you're no longer when the guy gets there, you forget his name as a freshman, and say, now you're just another dude. You don't want you gotta him kiss, no you, more. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You got to kiss his ass or he's leaving you. Okay, Retention. and then with name, image, and likeness, you also now got to answer to the booster who's given ten million bucks and wants to endorse the company, and saying, "Why isn't my why'd my guy get beat out by a three star and he's a five star, and I'm paying all this money? I think I'm going to pull that and the other twenty five million I gave to endow the right tackle position." So there's that with SC specifically. You are one hundred percent correct. It is inexcus. And I'm talking UCLA too. It's inexcusable for the talent pool within a hundred square miles that. To to ever tell me, it it's California, Texas, Florida, Pennsylvania, Arizona. You know, there's say, not saying there's not good players everywhere, but you you could within fifteen square miles, you can have uh, a, a Final Four team there if you recruit it right. No correct and keep. No it. doubt. I like the direction they're headed, and here's why. But here's what here's why we've been getting our ass kicked recently. In the past. As you know, watching the Trojans growing up, when we were at our best, and just because we're in all this spread around the country, shotgun, and not getting under center much around the country, it still doesn't mean you can't be physical. No doubt. Because when all of a sudden – take a look at Georgia. They'll yep. throw it on you. Alabama, they got Heisman Trophy winning quarterback throwing 40 times. But when it gets to nut cutting time, they're knocking the living dog shit out of you. Yep,
1: handing the ball That's awesome.
0: exactly when, – when, when I got to have an eight-minute drive where I'm punching you smack dab in the throat – and put my cleat on your throat, they do it. And SC has not been that team. We've been pushed around at the line of scrimmage. You waltz into Tucson, Arizona, and you're a 40-point favorite, and they're kicking your ass, okay? Not that it's not a good program, that they're trying to build something there at Arizona, but you get my point. No doubt. When we were at our best, hell, we could tell you where we were running it, and you still couldn't stop it. Now, no the game has evolved and changed, but I still know that when we control the line of scrimmage offensively and the front seven defensively, USC will be back. And until then, then they're not going to be a national title contender. They're going to look good and they're going to win 10 games, but when you play Georgia or Alabama and they're coming at you and they got the same type of offense you do, but they are a better wrestler and a better fist fighter than you and can take and deliver more punches, got a problem. But I do think, listen, perimeter-wise, we can we can play with Ohio State. They're as good as anybody. Team speed. Yeah. They got four dudes that'll catch it and score on a slant. They are phenomenal. And Caleb Williams is a monster because he's, he, he's grasping. And I love that there was no learning curve because he Transfer. brought the verbiage with Lincoln, yeah. right? And Lincoln brought it with him. Right. But I, am I still a little – do I think – if they beat Utah, they're running the table, in my opinion. I think they're good enough to. Let's put it that way. I think if Oregon or,
1: State is their biggest game.
0: I, I do too, and it makes me nervous this week. There's a reason why it's only six points. Yes. But if they don't take it for granted and go do what they do, if they play their best, they're going to beat Oregon State yes. handily, even though Oregon State's good. But got to dominate the line of scrimmage. So, am I excited? Hell yes, because I'm seeing stuff that I haven't seen in a minute. But they're still, I want to see them when they play Utah. How do you handle the line of scrimmage? Yeah, physicality. Can you win a 17 14 game, not a 38 10 game? Because that's going to be the Utah game. That's a damn right. I want to know when you're getting punched and you go in at halftime and the dog you left at home peed on your leg, the coach isn't looking at you, you've thrown two picks, a guy drops the ball, they've run for 120 yards in the first half, then what? But you're still in the game. So yes, I'm th- I think they're good. And the Pac-12 is an easier access than the SEC or the Big Ten. We know that right now. But I think they're capable of getting to the Final Four, but I'm getting way ahead of myself. Hopefully they're not thinking like I am. But I still got concerns of how we're going to handle a physical team, JB. I really do. But perimeter wise, and a and a play caller that wants to go for the throat, I, I'm okay with the way they play offensively. I got to see it on the other side.
1: Nah, me too. Because Stanford not very good, and they've changed right. total philosophies. Have changed, and they're now Agreed. spread RPO, and they scored 28 on SC, and it's like you don't. They're not very good at it over there, and and you play Rice, and you, and then you play. A Fresno team, which they couldn't block up front, Sean. They right. Fresno State sacked them six times. I'm like That Shit.
0: bothers me. And that's the yeah. part that I hate. I do not like the lack of physicality. I want those I actually I want to go one time. I want to go nineteen eighty one Marcus Allen and Roy Foster when I was a freshman and an ace. watching Marcus run <laughs> and, and Bruce Matthews and Don Mospar and Roy Foster, where we we just ran it. And we threw it 15 times and we beat your brains. I want to see if we can do that. Now we may never see it, yeah. but I'd like to know that we can, because I'm telling you what those dudes out in Athens and that run around like they do. <laughs> the when they got a linebacker that can outrun your running back. I, I would imagine yeah. you're going to understand what a fist fright really is when you get out to play, because if you're going to win a title, you better be able to beat that team because that, because they ain't going away. I can tell you that.
1: Yeah. They're, they're loaded. They're loaded, man. It, it, it's crazy. Uh, let me get, let me last thing I get you out of here, man. What's your take on this 12 game college format that they want to go to with this NCAA thing? I, I, you know, is there enough good teams or is this going to be a shit show? I, I, I personally think college football is as watered down as I've ever seen it, besides George, Alabama. We'll see if Clemson can continue their success. But other Ohio than that, State, right, right. It's so what? You know, Appalachian State, Sean. I love to see kids having the opportunity to beat a team like that, but that should never beat A&M. They should never fucking beat A&M. Uh, well, and, and Marshall, and Marshall ahead, should so. never beat Notre Dame. I mean, no All offense right. to those kids, but we are in a watered-down deal because of the portal, because of NIL, because of lack of competition. We don't want to compete anymore. We're going to transfer. Um is there a, do you see 12 teams really being worth watching or do you just say it's all about the money as we all know and uh, yeah, we know
0: that's what it's about that's exactly right now here's here's my thing and and I'm with, I'm with you 100%. And I love to see what Appalachian State did. I do. I think it's friggin' awesome, okay? But it's not winning one of them. In a 12 team playoff you got to win four. Yes. And you're not and unfortunately depth-wise and just the physicality week after week unlike now, even it doesn't happen in basketball, but why one of those teams can be a 12 seed and roll up to the final four or close is if you got one hot superstar with five guys on the court, you can carry them for four or five games. But when you got 11 on 11 and the depth and the attrition and the beatdown, you're not beating Georgia if you're an underdog or Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and Southern Cal in your first four games. It's, just, yeah. it, it's too hard to do, and that's no disrespect to Appalachian State or Cincinnati or Marshall. Because I love the – because that's good football. The problem is it's not a one-game thing. It's a four-gamer, and that's going to be hard to do. So here's what – and I, I'm i not fence-sitting. I do believe the fifth-best team in the country can beat the number one team on a, on the right time. For instance, Michigan. Yeah. If J.J. McCarthy goes off, you got a chance because they're physical. Yep. But I, I'm with you like this year. Let's just look at this year. In truth, even going into the season, Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia, let's put those aside, Michigan in the same tier close. And even the good teams, SC, Baylor, Utah, Oklahoma State, we know now Notre Dame's not that good, but you'd put because it's Notre Dame, I mean, in truth, there's not eight teams that can win the national title. And now we already got it. I'm just Clemson. I'm not even sure Clemson's quarterbacks. And I love him, yeah. but he's still got to play better yeah. for them to beat it because their front seven's nasty as hell. Yeah. But he's got another level to get to if they're going to. Because I know what Bryce Young's going to bring. Yeah. Hell, I know. I know. Hell, I know what Stetson Bennett's going to bring. I've seen it. Yeah. So, but so for me, I, I guess I. And sarcast Texas looking the damn part, right? They look the part. Rip it too when he see you. Damn right they do. Yeah. And so I, I can't wait for two more years to see what he does but in truth 12 probably too many yeah but I do like it because it, it makes it interesting and I like the guy the seventh team having a chance and I actually like more games I do yeah. but in truth I can tell you this Georgia Alabama Ohio State one of them's going to be playing in the national title and I knew that in June right you know what I'm saying and maybe two of them my point is you're going to have to be awfully good to be number 12 and find your way on a four-game stretch to get it. I do love it for one reason. I like to see more games that mean something, and this will mean something. And getting the one seed or the two seed is going to be huge somewhere down the line.
1: Nah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, when, when is
0: your show air, Coach? Uh, John, when is your show? Every you, can, day? you can find it on the iHeart app, at, at, you know, and it's free, so you're sitting in California or Pittsburgh, you can listen to it. But it's 6 to 10 a.m., on sports talk 790, If you're local, if not, it's the Sean Salisbury show on the iHeartRadio app, and that's six to 10 central. And if you don't, you can go to sports 790.com and hear the podcast later on. If it's too early in the morning for some, and you know, on these shows like this and, and, uh, wherever I can be heard or seen and, uh, and talk good football and good. And our show is not just football. It's I'm a diehard hoops. We talk it all obviously during football and the Astros are playing some pretty damn good baseball. So we do that. And, uh, and I know people out in California saying, screw the Astros. And I understand because I'm a lifelong Red Sox fan. But awesome. boy, I-, I couldn't root harder for Dusty Baker. And they're t- their pitching staff's going to be tough to get through, meaning the Astros, at least in the American League I'm talking about, they're pretty damn good. So we cover it all and have fun doing it. And I'm, dude, if you'll ever have me back, I'd love to be a part of it. You'd do a great oh, job. Oh, shit. I,
1: I would love, to, anytime we can get you on, man, I would love to do a segment with you. We can talk all kinds of, I, I was actually looking into Houston, man. I, I love recruiting down there for so long. Right. I was like, man, let me get the fuck out of California. Let me sell this thing. I got some equity. I got some equity in it. Let me I get the hell you. out of here. But then the, the damn thing fell out out here on the market. And I was like, fuck, I was, I was looking at Leak City, on, Missouri right. City, that area. Uh, yeah, I've I'm, always in, liked I'm in the Katie Fulcher
0: area. Okay? Hey, you're a basketball
1: guy. Before yeah. I get you out of here, what in the fuck's going on with the Celtics and this whole shit show?
0: Well, I have zero idea the de- other than what I read. I don't have any insight. I read, you know, one thing that I, I think, I know one thing, too many people jump to, too, too many people jump to be first as opposed to get it right. Right. When it comes to accusations and all. Yes. I yeah. have zero idea other than what I'm reading like you are and hearing then I, I saw Matt Barnes apologize. He went, yes. you know, Matt went out there and said, now that I'm in the media, I got to come back and fix a video, which I give a major respect for because some guys won't admit when they think they're wrong. But Matt's recent one was, it's far worse yes. than you think. Yes. And I'm going by him because he has connections, I'm sure. So I don't know. And that's why I'm not, I don't know who, why, what. I'm not on the moral compass business, but I know this. We will eventually know. Yeah. And the only thing I do know, if there's a rule in the building that says do it this way, regardless of how you feel about what happened, if there's a rule in the building or somebody doesn't feel safe or somebody's not doing it right, then that, that, that's, that's on the person who broke the rule, right? Yeah. As far as the in-depth uh, of what's gone on and how deep it goes, I have no idea. I know it feels like a really unfortunate. And When you get suspended for a year for that, it, it's probably leaning more towards what Matt Barnes said, deeper than we think and probably more damaging – uh, people need to feel safe and yeah. also need to feel protected in doing it right in the building. And whatever that means, they've got some decisions, I'm sure, and some investigating to do inside their own building. It sucks, though, because you never like to see these type of stories for anybody.
1: No doubt. I, I actually know Matt and Danny Green real well. I was with Matt just a couple weeks ago, right. and uh, I, I reached out to them to see some shit myself. It's like, what's going on here, man? I said yesterday on my show, it's deeper than what the hell we know. Right. Because exactly I don't know if right. you saw it, but... Brad Stevens came out crying today, basically, and said Ooh. bullshit live on the air on ESPN. He actually said the word bullshit and how on, on, on how all this leaked. And you can see in his face that there is something immensely oh. wrong there. And I yeah. don't know how they... I, I mean, why not fire the guy and just say, fuck it, if it's this bad, I, I don't understand the whole deal. They took half his money, apparently. Um,
0: and JB, that's the next level. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know the level. Yeah. Because I'm gonna sit here and wait. Because I, like I said, I don't need to be first. If I want to be right, when I talk, now we all have an opinion, but I'm trying to give an opinion on something I don't have information on, other than what we read. Yeah. So, but I do know this: when it's a year, that you know, it's not a month or not a week. Then it's 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 deeper. Whatever that depth is, I don't know. And when Brad Stevens shows that kind of fire, like you said, and other people are talking about it, it it's it, it's something they're going to have to look long. I don't think the final decision on this is made yet if it's this deep and this damaging. And you're exactly right. Uh, but I, like I said, from a distance, it doesn't look good. But I'm always going to be to the point. I've seen too many both ways of people jumping on it and having to apologize. My opinion is that when I see it's a year, it feels like it's, it's not a good situation in Boston right now.
1: Nah, and I agree with you, Sean. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on this. Like, we're so quick to anoint Mahomes as the GOAT, and Herbert, and all these guys, and I'm like, let's give his resume, so let, let his resume build, and let's see him right. in five years. I, I, I've i been saying, you know, Mahomes is a gimmicky guy to me, uh, and people are like, he went to two Super Bowls, and da-da-da. I said, but he's lost twice to a 45-year-old fucking guy that's won it seven times. You can't say you're the GOAT if you can't beat the GOAT.
0: Well, the and, goat is Tom Brady, and right as we sit today, that's inarguable. Now, if you want to talk to me, who the current best player is, and you can argue who you want, yeah. But there, is, the, the argument is no longer uh, who the best quarterback on the planet has been for the course of his career, and to sustain it for 23 years and still be playing at a high level, yeah. And it's unfortunate with sports that what goes on. Like I said, I don't know in, in the in the, b- the Boston thing, and coming off one hell of a season, you know you did for every, and the collateral damage for everybody involved. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not anybody's marriage counselor or or girlfriend or boyfriend counselor. I'm sure as hell not in the organization to know what was put in front of them and what they did. But when you're doing it that severe, there's obviously it's a severe situation there, or you wouldn't suspend him for that long and all the people involved in it and getting this information leaked. But back to the football side. Yeah. I love the banter of who the best is, but the best football player we've ever had still playing at 45 years old. And he (laughs) plays in Tampa right now.
1: No doubt, man. Uh, Man, Sean, this is great, man. I, I you don't know. I'm I'm a I'm a very much of a huge fan, man. I always have been. and I love the real you, talk man. banter, man. And I'm still old Anytime school, man. you
0: want me on, if you want a segment every couple weeks, if you want to have me on, Spirit, all you got to do, you know, uh, hit me up and I am there for you whenever you need cuz uh, I lo- I love your passion, brother.
1: Let's do it, man. Let's do it. And like I said, if you ever have time, get me on yours. I'll come on yours anytime, man. So
0: If you'll be if you're willing to wake your ass up that early, I'm in, brother. Come on. Oh shit. I'm a, I'm
1: a, I'm already up, brother. I got four dogs and you. shit. They, they, this <laughs> fucking
0: shit show over hey, here and, and us old dudes can't sleep like we used to anyway there hell no
1: and i think sleeping's overrated sean it's work I hard agree. play hard for me hey, I, hey I, I,
0: I, if i'm going down i'm going down swinging brother I, hey, I promise you that. i was on my 6 a.m show
1: on the west coast i left right. pat perez pat perez a good friend of mine live golf i was drinking with him till fucking four in the morning got my ass here home and got back on this show at six just to get the show going you know what that's called being a pro brother being a pro
0: <laughs> and who doesn't like who doesn't like my guy pat pp's P- fire man oh man i freaking love it hey i, I told a, him i was trying
1: around. to get you on he's actually a fan too that's a good friend of mine man i'm always in scottsdale at his house silver leaf country club is his home course there
0: and yeah, that's uh, a good one too well one of these days we'll have to do me you and pp on at the same time i'd like
1: that yeah we're gonna do that man we'll we'll get him i'll get him on your deal you come on ours whatever it is and then we gotta go play golf together man it's any time
0: I'm in, brother. I can't wait. And I'm honored to be on with you. Have a good one. It should be a fun weekend of football. Hey,
1: no doubt. I appreciate you. Take care.
0: Thanks, JB. Thank you.
1: Sean Salisbury, man. Can't get no better than that. Uh, Appreciate him, man. Make sure you follow him on all social media. Make sure you hit him up. Uh, Great listen. If you never uh, heard him talk, he is a old school get after a guy. Appreciate everybody so far, man. Pound the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Go be a member. If you don't know how to be a member, go to fucking Google, man. Go Google the shit and check it out. Um, Yes, Alex. Coach Moose is a good friend of mine. Go ask him about me. Um, Man, he told some great stories, man. Balls like a daytime burglar. Fuck me. That is an all-time classic. I am going to fucking put it on a shirt. I will quote it by his name underneath it, and I'll get that shit I will get that shit uh, fucking uh, quoted, man. So um, so anyway, man, I just got a phone call from Brandon Lang, who is about to come on right now and give us his pics. Um, he had surgery, man, and he had a serious one. And Stitches just came out, and he is being rushed to the emergency room. So, he will not be joining us, man. I apologize for that. I know we were going to get some picks in. I don't know if Hector is here or available. Um, I'm going to hit him up. Um, But, uh, I'm going to take a piss break. I'm going to get a drink. I'm going to come back with my college picks and my NFL picks, regardless if I can't get anyone else on. But, uh, make sure you guys, uh, pound the like button, hit the button, subscribe, become a member, man. Um... And we'll see uh, if we can get Hector on to give us some picks. And I'm going to give you mine any, either way. I'm going to give you mine. Great show today, man. On this Fearless Friday, make sure you head on over to betonline.ag promo code believe five zero b l e a v five zero and uh, canadipcbd.com. Head on over there. Coach JB, all caps is the promo code. Get you twenty percent off. Hey man, a lot of football this weekend. I'm going to give it to you real and raw here in a second. I'm going to break down a few things. I still got a lot of show left um, to break down some college games plus my NFL picks. And uh, we'll get to that here in a second. Uh, Let's see if I can vote for Florida or Tennessee. Let's see how bad I can piss uh, Sarah off. And uh, we'll see from there. We never know, right? We never fucking know what the deal is. You know, JB always goes against the grain. But we're going to go and figure this thing out. So what do I know, man? But what the fuck do I know, right? Um, Take a listen. I'll be back in three minutes, man. Peace. But what do I know when I talk about the transfer portal being as shitty as it is, watering down college football? But what do I know when I say the landscape is completely... Open to anyone beating anyone. Have I not said it on this show? Did I not say it just a couple days ago? Did I not do a video on Twitter about it? Did I not talk about it on my shows here? And people just nah, coach. Hell no. Nah. Really. So, Appalachian State goes into A&M, a And M forty million dollar booster loaded roster. Coach makes $10 million a year. The head coach, Coach Clark at at Appalachian uh, Appalachian State makes 425K a year. But what do I know? Appalachian State has one four-star player on their roster, FYI, one. Texas A&M has 56 four or five-star players. Go look it up. Go Google it. Go check it out. Go look it up. Forty hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars the head coach makes. Texas A&M special teams coordinator makes one million dollars. So what do you think Appalachian State special teams coordinator makes? I'd say maybe a hundred k, maybe a hundred k, maybe a hundred k. Maybe 100K. What do you think their quarterback coach makes? 45, 50. You know, A&M's quarterback coach makes 325 thousand dollars, almost as much as the head football coach at Appalachian State. But what do I know when I say it's watered down and Appalachian State deserves to not have themselves even mentioned with the Texas A&M when it comes to going to their fucking house and beating them in a low-scoring affair when they just scored 61 points on North Carolina, another Power 5 team. So now Appalachian State can show that they can score 60 on you in a Power 5 school, and they can show they can beat you a higher-ranked team in a low-scoring affair. But what do I know? <laughs> 56 four- and five-star players. Appalachian State has one. And by the way, Bruce Helms, they did it to Michigan in 2007. They weren't even a Division I team yet. I hope you do know that. They were an FCS school at the time they beat Michigan. So... <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We back in this bit. Um, I wanted to. Uh, I, t- I gave you guys my conference breakdowns um, in the NFL the other day. All right, my AFC college breakdown. I gave it to you. There's my grade. AFC West. I gave you a B grade. Right. Uh, this is their you know records, and we gave you a. I gave them a B grade in the AFC West, the hardest division. Uh, Denver's actually one and one, so I fucked that up. They're not 0 and two, but the Raiders are 0 and two. Denver's one and one. We fucked that up, but th- I still gave them a grade of a B. All right. So um, let's see. And then I got here's my entire picks, okay? Uh, the Raiders are still wrong at one and one, by the way, but we'll fix it. So, Those are the overall picks that I gave you guys on each division. Um, And... um, um, So, I just want to remind you, my boy did a great job on the graphic. Um, We fucked the Raiders game up. But besides that, those are my grades. Those are the grades I gave. And uh, Yeah, the Raiders would be 0-2, but they they snuck out of it. So I just I want to give a shout out to Mac. He created that graphic, and that's a cool graphic. We'll update it every week. And I'll give you my, my grades every week on the conference. And that's where they are right now. That's where we stand right now. AFC West is still a B. The East is a B minus. The north's a C uh the south um let me get rid of this banner um the south is also very very shitty right the the south is as bad as it gets right we gave them an f and uh i just wanted to reiterate re- reiterate that uh this is the greats so if you didn't see them, now you've seen them all and short fat skinny and tall so now fuck them all um Appreciate everybody coming on in the show today. I'm going to give you guys some college picks. I'm going to give you guys some NFL picks. And uh, I'm going to give you guys a bunch of different things. If I can get rid of this fucking graphic. Um, So, I want to get into this Brett Favre deal real quick. Basically, they're saying that this is a suspected white supremacist. Brett Favre. (laughs) He's involved with a $70 million Mississippi welfare scam. He stole money from the low-income black families to line his pockets and build Volleyball Stadium. Now, I don't know if he stole from black families or not. I don't know that much in as far as in depth on that. But what I do know is... Um, I, what I do know is um, that we have a few fucking weird things going on why are some things talked about and why is some things dusted under the fucking rug and brett Favre has shown his dick pics to people he's continued to show that he's a fucking weirdo fuck and i love brett Favre watching him play but some of the shit he's done since he retired has been unbelievable so uh I am from the school where if you fuck up, you fuck up, you own up to it. And we're about fucking make... Life's about choices. We make some fucked up ones. He continues to make fucked up ones. And why aren't ESPN? Why isn't ESPN talking about Brett Favre, Dog, They sure fucking talk about Edoka. They're sure talking about fucking Kaepernick still. Even though I think Kaepernick's a fucking idiot. I still think we should talk about the real... And Brett Favre's not being talked about. A lot of weird shit out here going on, man. It's fucking unbelievable to me, and uh, I find it very, 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 very um, interesting. So you know, it's fucking funny. So, so we'll see what happens, man. Um, a lot of things going on in the in my day. I got to get a lot of shit. Got a lot of business. A lot of busy this weekend. A lot of busy. Um. yeah I heard the lawyer was fired I heard a bunch of shit um, uh, of course it is man good old boy network a lot of powerful people go down and Favre goes down we know that that's politics that's what it is shit he's in, he's invested with these politicians alright here we go let me get you some pics of the week let's get this wrapped up get you out of here great weekend get you out of here a little early we've had two great guests shout out to Sean King Sean Salisbury, great, great insight. Make sure you got, you head on over to Sean's show, uh, both Sean's show. I'm going to try to get on both of their shows as well and uh, get this thing going, man. So it's a great, great day to have a great fucking day. So Georgia plays Kent State. Do we need to pick that game? No, we're not picking that fucking game, by the way. Michigan, Maryland. Very intriguing. Michigan favored by 17. I'm going to rock with Michigan covering that 17-point spread at the big house. I'm going to go with Michigan covering 17. Clemson, Wake Forest, man. Clemson favored by 7. I'm taking Wake Forest to win the football game. And, and and you know what? I wouldn't be mad if my kid DJ comes out and Clemson steamrolls Wake Forest. I will say, all right, Clemson might be for real. But I'm going to take Wake Forest. I think Wake Forest's quarterback play is elite, as I've seen in the country. I like Wake Forest. I like where they're headed, even though they struggled with Liberty last week. Liberty's a good, well, well well-oiled, coached-up machine right now by Hugh Freeze, by the way. A lot of people don't give him credit. I would not be surprised if Hugh Freeze is in the mix for the Nebraska job. But having said that, I'm going to roll with Wake Forest, covering the seven and winning the football game outright, okay? Um Tennessee, Florida, here we go. Get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. Tennessee, Florida, let's uh, let's let's round this thing up. Um, I got to, uh... oh, I got you, got you, appreciate it. Uh, man, Tennessee favored 10 and a half. That's just a lot of points to me, man. A lot of fucking points to me. I'm not going to roll with them. I'm going to take Florida to cover 10 and a half. However, I think Tennessee will win the football game. I think Heiple will. I think he's got the steam and the momentum going. I want to see how Hooker plays in a big-time environment like this one with a lot on the line. I think it's a four- to seven-point win for Tennessee. So, I'm going to take uh, Florida to cover the 10.5, but I do t- I do see Tennessee winning the football game. Um, Texas, Texas Tech, both 2-1, and one, both 0-0 in the conference. Texas ranked 22nd, favored by 7. Uh, I'm going to roll with Texas and my boy Sark to cover that 7 points. Um, yeah, um... For my West Coast folks, very important game that a lot of people aren't talking about. Washington State's 3-0. Oregon's 2-1. Won two in a row since they got blown out by Georgia. Oregon's a 6.5-point favorite. I'm going to roll with Washington State to cover this 6.5. I think Washington State has on something. Uh, unless Oregon just absolutely gets rolling, which I don't know if they're that good of a football team. I'm very, very uh, interested in seeing this game. I'm going to take Washington State to cover the 6.5-point game. Um... Uh, I'm not going to pick that. A&M-Arkansas. Arkansas 3-0 going into an A&M team. That's 2-1 and one in A&M in Arlington, Texas. Uh, A&M's favored by two. That is the worst line in football. Actually, two and a half. Uh, I'm going to roll with A&M on this one. Uh, I think A&M's going to beat Arkansas outright. And they'll definitely win by a field goal or more, in my opinion. I like Arkansas. I like Pittman. I like Sam. He's a good dude. Uh, I just don't know if they can beat A&M after they lost to uh, Appalachian State. I think A&M's going to go on a run. I don't believe they're going to be on a run for a natty. I think they're just going to go on a run before they end up getting blown out by Georgia and Alabama. So I'm going to take A&M in this instance uh, to cover the two versus Arkansas and win the game outright. I'm not even going to pick Alabama-Vanderbilt. I know Vanderbilt's 3-1. and one. Alabama's 40-and-a-half-point favorites. So, I'm not going to get into that game. Oklahoma, K-State. I'm going to take K-State to cover the 13-point lay. I'm going to take K-State. I just think Oklahoma struggles versus K-State, man. Uh, It's in Oklahoma, though. They just had a big win uh, in blowout fashion versus Nebraska. I don't think it's going to be that type of game this week versus K-State. K-State's a much better coach team. And... I, I, I'm going to take K-State to cover the 13. I think it's a seven-point ball game. I, Oklahoma may win the game, but I'm going to take K-State to cover 13. SC-Oregon State, another West Coast game that's important. SC 3-0, and Oregon State 3-0. and SC favored by six. I'm going to roll. I, I, I just got to go with or, uh, SC. Uh, if they do have a hiccup, this is going to be the game. I don't know if Oregon State has enough weapons on defense to slow SC down and the momentum they got and Caleb Williams is playing with right now. I like SC to cover that six-point game. I think SC will win in Corvallis uh, by 10. Um, I'm not going to pick Utah-Oregon State. I'm, I'm not going to pick Washington-Stanford. I really don't give a fuck. The KU game is something of interest because I've told you about KU in my um, – Ties with Coach Leopold, and I like that game. Um, It's a very, very interested one, uh, to say the least. They have a ball game to play. Duke is no pushover. Uh, Duke is a a team that is hammering Northwestern. They they are also undefeated coming into this game. Uh, I'm not sure the spread on this KU game. Um, I believe it is a... Let me find it for you... Um, If I could find the fucking spread on this KU game, um, I believe... What the fuck is it? Are they playing or what? They don't even care about KU and fucking Duke, apparently. Um, I can't find the game on the fucking schedule, by the way. I have no idea where it is. Um, I'm not going to bet UCLA, Colorado. I really don't give a fuck about that game. Um, I can't find a KU game. So, apparently, they don't give a fuck about KU... But KU is playing um, at home versus Duke, sold out in Lawrence. Um, if anybody can find the spread on that game, let me know. Um, I'm taking KU, man. I'm a, I told you I think they're going to start 5-0. and I think they're going to start off 5-0. and And I, I, I like the way Lance has that team bought in right now. I think KU uh, beats Duke. I think it'll be a close game, but I think KU on offense is playing as well as anybody. And... Uh, I'm very, very uh, curious to see them. Um, they're favored by six and a half in Lawrence. Yeah, I'm taking KU all day. I'm taking KU to win that ball game. Um, Duke is not a pushover, though. Let me tell you, that's a smart bunch, bunch of motherfuckers. But they're they're not a pushover. Well, Really, really well coached. I know a few buddies coaching at Duke. Very, very well coached football team. Um, so... I think KU's going to get that one, though. It is going to be a tough game, though. But I think KU gets it and goes to 4-0. And the Lance Leopold era is in full swing. So those are my college picks for the day. Let me get to my NFL, man. Let me get to my NFL picks. Um, it's going to be very, very interesting weekend. Very, very interesting weekend. Um, yeah, I guess Dukes plus 7.5 is what it looks like. So KU's favored by 7.5. Um I'm not, I'm not gonna pick every NFL game, okay? I'm not gonna pick every NFL game. Um, but I am gonna talk about certain matchups I wanna ta- see. The Colts and the Chiefs is a very interesting ball game, all right. I wanna say I wanna give you the reason why. The Colts have played absolutely horrible. They've played fucking awful. And the Chiefs have been lights out, apparently. Everyone thinks they're lights out. They played a horrible Arizona team, in my opinion. And then they play a team where Herbert gets hurt. Who knows how long, you know, he's out. But uh, at home, and they squeak it out against the Chargers. I think the Chiefs are going to have a letdown game. I think the Colts get right this weekend and figure some shit out. Get Taylor the Rock. Matt Ryan plays a lot better and their defense gets after Mahomes. I, I, I'm i taking the Colts to cover five and a half. In Lucas Oil, I'm taking the Colts to shock somebody and get their season flipped and get their season turned around. I got the Colts beating the Chiefs this weekend. Or let me at least say, they're covering the five and a half, okay? Bills-Dolphins, big game of the week. Buffalo favored by five. Uh, I'm going to take Buffalo to cover that. Um in Miami by the way let's i think Tua momentum comes to a halt i think Tua's big momentum comes to a halt this week i think the bills defense will be too much in warm weather i think Josh Allen goes absolutely fucking bananas being a california kid loving the sun i think Josh Allen and the buffalo bills blow the dolphins out and uh if they do get a lead like baltimore did they're not letting baltimore back in they're not letting them back in the game like baltimore did uh Ravens Patriots both one and one they got Baltimore at minus two and a half as favorites um I think Belichick figures a way to slow Lamar Jackson down even though he's at an all-time MVP hot streak right now his first two weeks Lamar is on his on a high horse and I'm I love it but I don't believe it's sustainable like I've said um I I got the Patriots slowing them down I think the Patriots win by a field goal all right that's a that's a fucking lofty task but I think, the ball, I think the Patriots are going to ball control on offense. Mac Jones will dink and dunk. They'll get some run game going. They'll play sound defense. It'll be a decently scored game. I think it's a 21-17 type of ball game. Uh, I got the Patriots winning that. Bengals-Jets. Do the Bengals get back on the winning streak? They're, my, they're favored by 6.5. I do not like that spread. In East Rutherford, in New Jersey, playing the Jets. I don't like that spread at six and a half. What does Vegas know that we don't? I don't know. Um, but I'm going to take Cincinnati to cover the six and a half. I think, this, uh, even though I think, I hope my kid, Jermaine J- uh, Johnson, can get after Burrow, uh, that O line being suspect at best. If the Jets can play defense like they have and get a pass rush on Burrow, I think the Jets can win the game. But I think Burrow and the Bengals get on the winning track; they're going to cover that six and a half. Um, Eagles Commanders are going to is going to be a very interesting game. I'm actually going to take the Commanders to fucking cover a six and a half point dog that they are to the Eagles. I'm taking the Commanders either to lose by three or win the game outright. All right, it's in Maryland. In Washington, I got Washington winning this one. I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a inconsistent game because I don't believe he can be consistent in the NFL from week in to week out. All right, I know we heard Sean Salisbury say he likes what he's doing. I like what he's doing, too. I don't know if he can sustain it, just like I don't know if Tua can sustain it. That's why I'm taking the bills. So I think the Saints will get on the right track and blow out the Panthers. It's very interesting to know that New Orleans is only two-and-a-half-point favorites in an NFL team, in an NFL where Philly is six-and-a-half-point favorites. I like uh, the Saints uh, to win that game, at least by a field goal. Um, Jaguars-Chargers, both one-and-one. One. Uh, Chargers are here in L.A. Chargers are in, here in L.A. Uh, you know what? They got. I, I think the Chargers got to get back on it after uh, losing that game a couple weeks ago to the Chiefs and Herbert. Uh, I don't know if Herbert's back or not. Uh, we'll see. But I, I got the Chargers winning that one um, pretty easily, all right? Cardinals-Rams. I got to roll with the Rams, man. It's in Arizona. That ain't nothing but a bus ride away from L.A. I know they fly, but it ain't far. And uh, I'm going to take the Rams' momentum, even though they did not finish the game strong versus Atlanta. I like Stafford and Cooper Cup going in there against a team uh, led by a quarterback that wants to play for night. I'm going to take the Rams. Um Packers-Bucks is the last game I'm going to discuss before I get to the Broncos-Niners game. Um, And then I'll give you the Monday night game uh, on Monday's show. Cowboys-Giants led by my boy, Daniel Jones. I'm going to make that a pick of the week uh, because I like where that's headed. I, I I like the Packers in this one, man. Tampa's favored by one point. I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to get on track and get a have a big game. I think he's going to get rid of the football quick. I think that uh, they're going to run the football and 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 slow the Buck Bucks D line down. It's going to be a warm weather game, eighty nine degree game. I think uh, the Packers get on track and I think they can move the ball on the packer on the Bucks defense has been very very lights out to date. Um, but I think Tom Brady being without his weapons, they're gonna struggle. I think the Packers are gonna get right on defense. So I'm gonna take the Packers to shock the Bucks in this one. Even though it's a one point, def- it's a it's a Tampa by one, uh, according to Vegas. All right, Mark Rodriguez, much love to you, Coming a member, appreciate you. Um, Broncos Niners, very very interesting game. Frisco favored by one and a half, minus one and a half. Very, very, very interesting game. Um, I'm going to take the Broncos in Denver, in Mile High. Jimmy G's had a week to practice. I get all that. Uh, I don't know if Kittle's going to be back or not. Um, But I'm going to take Russell Wilson to get on track. A 77-degree weather in a supreme-altitude playing field stadium. I'm going to take the Broncos and Russell Wilson to beat the 49ers. And that is what it is. Uh, I think he gets set in the rock. I think Williams gets the ball rolling. And I think Russell makes plays to keep the ball away from the 49ers. And I think the Broncos are going to win that game. And that is what I believe. So I'll get into Monday night's game on Monday. Um, but, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, and uh and get after it again these are oops um these are my oops i don't know where the fuck i went um these are my picks by the way and uh oh i don't even know where they are anymore i don't see the picks um so anyway we will get into that uh those are my picks for the weekend man i appreciate you guys tuning in today i missed this morning because i had an emergency situation occur um but we're all good. Uh, we'll be back Monday morning for the wake-up show as usual. And then we'll be back Monday for 1 o'clock game. Hey, man, it's going to be a fun weekend of football, college, and the NFL. Two great guests to end this Fearless Friday with a bang. Sean King, again, appreciate you coming on. Sean Salisbury, uh, great guest this weekend, uh, this Friday to uh, end this weekend and head into the weekend, in the week, and uh, with a bang, man. So Fearless Friday. Make sure you guys all subscribe. Tell everybody about it. And pound the like button on the way out to have a good weekend. And uh hey amen, it's always a pleasure. I appreciate everybody in the community, even the Dick Wright and haters. And Sarah will be back Monday. She's gonna be at Tennessee, at Neyland, uh representing that orange. And uh and and I hope for her sake, Tennessee gets that win and Josh Heupel gets off to snide and can beat that uh that team uh for the first time in six years. So shout out to Sarah and everybody uh stay safe out here. And, uh, hey, man, I appreciate all the love, man. Go to ABstore.com, Get you some merch. Get you some gear. And, uh, hey, man, be safe this weekend. I hope all you guys return on Monday. And at least let me cuss your fucking asses out. Appreciate everybody. And hit that like button on your way out the door, man. I'll see you guys Monday, man. God bless. Good night. Peace. I'm a chameleon, they call me, man yeah. I can go in there, walk into any Any type of, uh any home, any background Walk down any street in, in the country, in my opinion And I think that real recognizes real It's a new, new venture that we The Coach JB Show With the fabulous Sarah yeah. Blake I am ready to do some content The Coach Give it to you straight, no chaser Sarah Blake.